Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Network Classics, presented by MRN. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the AC Delco 500. Back at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, most of the drivers have already climbed aboard their cars, getting ready to get down to business for a little better than four hours in the 500-mile event here at the racetrack this afternoon. Let's take a look at that starting grid. Back in 40th position, Charlie Baker in the Baker Racing Buick. Jimmy Means will start 39th in the Alka-Seltzer Pontiac. 38th, Jim Bowne in the Heinz 57 Pontiac. There's quite a story there that we'll talk about as the afternoon goes by. 37th, Tracy Leslie in the Detroit Gasket Oldsmobile. 36th, Ted Musgrave in the Musgrave Racing Chevrolet. The STP Pontiac belongs to Richard Petty, and that will be back in 35th position. 34th, road racer Tommy Kendall in the EDS Racing Chevrolet. 33rd is Mike Skinner of the Glidden Paints Racing Buick. 32nd, Rick Jeffrey in the Kentucky Fried Chicken Chevrolet. And 31st, Jack Pennington in the Sandoz Chemicals Oldsmobile. 30th is Larry Pearson in the GM Auctions Chevrolet. 29th, Sterling Marlin driving the Sunoco Oldsmobile. Darrell Waltrip has the Tide Chevrolet in 28th starting spot. 27th is Bobby Hillen. He's from Midland, Texas, driving the Snickers Buick. 26th is Chad Little. He has the Pelco Ford in the field. 25th is Dave Marcus with Mike Miller's Big Apple Markets Chevrolet. 24th is Jeff Purvis. He drives Neil Bonnet's car, the Plastic Coat Chevrolet. 23rd is Jimmy Hensley in the Crown Petroleum Oldsmobile. 22nd starter is Morgan Shepard. That's Bud Moore's Motorcraft Ford. And we've already heard from Mark Martin, who is the Winston Cup point leader starting 21st in the Folgers Coffee Ford. Back in 20th, Dale Earnhardt in the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. Starting 19th, Rusty Wallace in the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. That's going to be a good combination to watch there when they put them under green to watch those three cars try to cut up to the front of the pack. Back in 18th is Brett Bodine of the Quaker State Racing Buick. 17th, Rick Wilson in the Dinner Bell Food Lion Oldsmobile. 16th is Mike Waltrip in the Country Time Maxwell House Pontiac. 15th starter, Derek Cope in the Pure Later Filter Chevrolet. 14th is Dick Trickle in the Trop Arctic Motor Oil Pontiac. The Rebestus Brakes Racing Buick will start 13th with Hut Strickland aboard as the driver. 12th position belongs to Terry Labonte in the Magic Market Skull Classic Oldsmobile. And the 11th starter is Ricky Rudd in the Levi Garrett Chevrolet. Good qualifying run for Dale Jarrett in the Wood Brothers Sitco Ford. He'll start 10th. 9th is Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kodak Films Chevrolet. Eighth starter is Rick Mast out of Rockbridge Baths, Virginia, the Banquet Frozen Foods Chevrolet. Seventh starter is Jeff Bodine out of Chemung, New York, the Budweiser Ford. Going in sixth, Kyle Petty. He's in the peak Uniden Pontiac. Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, starts fifth with the Coors Melling Ford. Fourth starter is Harry Gant in the Food Lion Skull Oldsmobile. Going third, Alan Kowicki driving the Xerox Ford. And the front row, Davey Allison in the Texaco Haviland Ford and Ken Schreiber. 
Schrader aboard the Kodiak Chevrolet at 147.814 miles an hour. Ken Schrader is on the pole. Here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham, the car is still on pit road, warming the temperatures just a bit on the oil, all the fluids getting themselves set to go. It is a 1.017 mile racetrack, just a tick over one mile. So consequently, 492 laps make up 500 miles here at Rockingham. We're looking at about a four and a half hour race here today. You know, it's interesting, Barney, we look back over the last number of races and we've, I guess, in many regards, taken for granted the fact that Chevrolet has had a strength hold on the Manufacturers Championship having won the last seven in a row but Ford has now won the last four races in succession. Bill Elliott at Dover, Jeff Bodine at Martinsville, Mark Martin at the North Wilkesboro Speedway and then Davey Allison at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. It looks as though Ford teams making a concerted run at the National Manufacturers Championship just five points behind Chevy and that could bode well for a number of the top starters here today if this particular streak hangs on. Well, the qualifying, the way it is, there's an equal, about an equal number of cars among the top 10 or 15 positions in Ford and General Motors products. So it's going to be kind of up for grabs as to what happens here today. As we said, I think the key to winning here at Rockingham is pretty well what Darrell Waltrip said the other day, that you must wait and let the race come to you. If you try to force it early at this racetrack, you won't be around at the end. The weather, if you just joined our broadcast, it is just about as pretty a day as you could ask for to go racing or have a picnic or anything else for that matter. The temperature is going to be around 70 degrees, somewhere in that range, so it'll be very comfortable on pit road for the crews. They have yet to pull the cars onto pit road, and apparently now they began to move a little bit, and they will be going onto the racetrack three laps the indication that's correct they'll be giving them three laps to uh, warm up the uh, cars and get themselves set to go again it's not cold Barney's been telling you it's right around 70 degrees but nevertheless three laps will be taken this is the third event of the racing weekend here at Rockingham if you weren't with us on the broadcast yesterday Steve Grissom picked up the victory in the AC Delco 200 for the Bush Grand National cars Grissom from Gadsden Alabama drove his Oldsmobile to victory ahead of Dale Earnhardt who finished second, Morgan Shepard third, Mark Martin fourth, and Dave Mater who finished in the fifth spot. Chuck Bowne finished in 18th position, and that was enough to clinch for him the Bush Grand National Series Championship with the second place point man, Jimmy Hensley, finishing down in 25th position. So our congratulations to Chuck Bowne, the Hensley family, and all who work on that uh, Nescafe Classic machine. They have the Bush Grand National Series Championship tucked away. And certainly yesterday, Barney, you were uh, covered the uh, victory for Bill Elliott's crew, the Coors Ford grabbing the Unical uh, Rockingham Pit Crew Championship. Well, that was as close and the suspense went right down to the end. Tim Brewer's Budweiser team and Junior Johnson's was the last car to go out and uh, almost everybody had predicted maybe those two teams might be the teams that would uh, win that uh, Pit Crew Championship and they just missed it by I, I forgot what Morris Metcalf said. It, it was about like the blink of an eye as how much the difference was. Exactly. The time was 24.002 seconds for the Coors Ford to 24.021 for the Budweiser Ford team. Talking to some of the Coors crew members this morning, they said that in years past, they always tried something new, something different to try and give them an added advantage in these pit crew competitions, and it always seemed to backfire. Yesterday, they did things just as they do during the races, and Bill Elliott's gotten some great pit stops also season long. They decided to change nothing, and it paid off yesterday to the tune of uh, $7,600 in winnings for that top team. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, Unical Pit Crew Championship as the afternoon goes by. Right now, the cars are taking a swing, completing the first lap around this racetrack. Why don't we take a swing around it also and let you meet the gentleman who will be covering the action for us in the turns. 
down in the south end of the racetrack in turns one and two over there to cover the action this afternoon. Joe Moore from WPEX Radio in Hampton, Virginia. Boy, this was Calamity Corner yesterday in the Bush Grand National Race morning. Coming off turn two here is where it really got serious. As the cars come into turn one, it looks like a wide sweeping turn. Now, late in the race, it does become a sweeping turn as the groove moves up and the cars start running up against that outside retaining wall. But in the early stages of the race, everyone stays in the lower two grooves. So it is kind of tight. It tends to bind the car up. But coming off turn two, where they're running wide against the outside wall, the racetrack straightens out quickly, and all of a sudden they have to turn the car and reset it here for a charge down the back straightaway. A lot of action here we saw yesterday. We're looking for a lot of it here today as well. The field now comes off turn number four to the start-finish line. They will get the one-to-go signal from Doyle Ford. Here comes Ernie Irvin bringing the Kodak Ford, excuse me, the Kodak Film Chevrolet down pit lane to the attention of Tony Glover and the crew. We'll get an update on that situation in a moment as out in turns three and four, Alan Bestwick is getting set to cover the action for us. He's from Daytona Beach, Florida. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. We heard Joe Moore talk about the difficulties these cars have getting off of turn number two. Once they do that, it's heavy on the throttle for a quick quarter-mile sprint down the back straightaway into the banking of turn three. Now, the trick at this end of the racetrack is to get off the throttle and get the car set into the banking so you can get back on the throttle, get a good runoff off of turn number four and down towards the start-finish line. Let's see if we can get an update from the Ernie Irvin pit area. The car is still there being worked on by the crew. I'll be there just a minute, uh, Eli. I'm on my way. They are inside the car, so apparently it is something inside the driver's compartment. Could be an ignition or an electrical problem, but he may well miss the start. He would have been up in ninth position. The crew members now come out the window, push the car, and he fires and moves on down pit road. But the race is going to start as he'll have to join in on the tail end of the field. So a tough break for Ernie Irvin and the Kodak car in the early going. Here they come off turn number four, getting ready to go for 492 laps this afternoon in the AC Delco 500. Down to the line, green flag is out, and we're down to business. Schrader down on the inside, tries to pull out, get clear sailing all by himself in turn one. He won't be able to do it. Schrader has a nose out in front of Davey Allison, but Allison is there with him on the outside lane. Alan Kowicki directly behind Schrader off turn two. We'll put a drag race to the end of the back straightaway to try and see who's going to lead the first lap. Allison fights back hard, gets a good charge into turn number three. He'll go wheel to wheel with Schrader off the corner. But Davies Ford drifts high, higher than does Schrader's machine. So Ken Schrader leads the first lap. Allison second, Kowicki third, Elliott fourth, then Jeff Bodine inside of Harry Gant for fifth. That's the battle for the fifth spot. Harry Gant on the outside. He'll fall back. So Jeff Bodine advances. Now Ricky Rudd up underneath Harry Gant. This now the battle for the sixth position. Rudd can't get the jump this time, although Gant will be forced in to the outside groove in turn number three. Now Rudd's car slips a bit. Gant will come down and hold six. Well, you have to learn in a hurry. You need to tuck in if there's an opening there. If you're caught in that outside groove and the field just keeps closing up tighter and tighter, you do nothing but lose positions. Kyle Petty is still hung out there trying to tuck his car in back in turn one. He's alongside Ricky Rudd trying to pick up the spot on Rudd, but coming off the corner, Rudd has the advantage. Rudd moving down to the inside groove will try and hold off Kyle Petty, but Petty is strong on the outside. He'll get the thing with the horsepower at the end of the back straightaway. Put Kyle Petty up to seventh. Ken Schrader continues to lead. Ernie Irvin has now caught the end of the field. Let's get an update from his pit area. Well, they had an ignition system problem. What they've got in there, they've got two transcenders that uh, that takes the uh, ignition from the battery and converts it into the ignition system itself. There's two of them in a car. One of them's for a backup for the other one, and the first one, the main one, went out. And all they do is just unplug one and plug another one back up. But in this case, it was awful costly to him. 
So he'll have to play catch up, but he's got plenty of time to do it. If you're going to have a problem, the time to do it is at the very beginning of the race. You've got the rest of the day to overcome it. They are now single file all the way back through about 30th position as they work over to turn two. Trader leads the way. Allison is second, about three car lengths back now to Alan Kowicki. Alan Kowicki holding down third, then Bill Elliott fourth, and Jeff Bodine fifth. Three Fords tucked tightly together. Harry Gant is sixth, Kyle Petty seventh, Ricky Rudd eighth, Hutch Strickland ninth, and Rick Mass tenth. Dale Earnhardt is running in 18th position now. Behind him is Rusty Wallace in 19th, and then the Winston Cup point leader Mark Martin in 20th. So those three cars tied tightly together in the middle of the field as the leaders work turn two. Back around 13th, the charge for Dick Trickle trying to get underneath the Dale Jarrett car. He had a nose alongside now. Goes for it again. He'll try it down low on the back straightaway. Trickle draws the Pontiac up alongside Jarrett's Ford, but Jarrett, a little bit of extra strength at the end of the straightaway, is able to close the door on Trickle in four. Most of these drivers that have been to the North Carolina Motor Speedway over the years know that you don't really start forcing things this early in the event. In fact, at least for the first couple of hundred miles. As they work back to turn number two, Schrader is the leader. Davey Allison rides second. Third is Alan Kowicki. Fourth is Bill Elliott. And fifth is Jeff Bodine. And it's single file all the way back among about the top 20. And I guarantee you Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin are glad to see that kind of traffic rather than door-to-door and three wide in the early going. A number of the teams just seeing their cars basically pushing through the corner as best they can. While the lead is still Ken Schrader, the battle for second place is enjoined between Kowicki and Davey Allison. Kowicki's got his Ford down on the inside of Davey Allison. Allen gets, Allison gets shoved out of the groove a bit, so Kowicki gets the edge off turn two. But Allison gets it wound up off the top side of the racetrack. He pulls a nose back out in front of Kowicki. Now he'll come down and try and shut the door in the middle of turn four. Racing hard in the early going. Just 13 laps are on the board. They'll complete 14 this time around. Schrader takes a look behind him. Davey Allison swung wide coming off the corner as though he wanted to put a move on. Thinks better of it. They go back to two. This time Davey Allison takes the outside lane, pulls up, tries to get up alongside the Kenny Schrader car. Now off turn two, he pulls even. Chevrolet on the inside, the Ford on the outside, the battle for the lead at the end of the back straightaway. Allison clearly stronger at the end of the stretch, pulls out in front and takes the lead. So we have a new leader here in the AC Delco 500. If he can hold off the challenge of Schrader, Davey Allison does lead this lap. And boy, has that team ever turned the corner after a lot of those nitpicky problems that Barney told you about earlier in the broadcast when a buck 85 piece breaks and takes an $85,000 race car along with it. It's been that kind of a year, but here comes Schrader challenging for the lead again. Schrader's going to look to the inside as they enter turn number three. Davey gives him racing room, trying the high groove, but Schrader's car won't stick at the bottom. Schrader tries to pin it down there. It drifts up a little bit as they come out of the corner. Allison will be able to hang on to the lead. Mark Martin has now moved up to 19th position. He moved around Dale Earnhardt there just a moment ago. Earnhardt's car pushing in the turns, going way high on both ends of this racetrack, so he has a handling problem in the early going. Let's go down the pits and see if we can get a report there. I just talked to Richard Childress, Barney, and he said exactly that. He said the car's just too tight. It will not turn in the corners. They're hoping for a caution here early where they can make some adjustments. So Earnhardt's car is definitely pushing. They've had handling problems about the last three or four races. Of course, most of the time, they've been able to make pit stops and get them cured, but it just they haven't been hitting it on the numbers like they did earlier in the season. Here's a battle for the lead off turn two. Trader down the inside of Davey Allison. Trader tries to get it hooked up on the low group, but Allison pulls it back out in front now. Schrader locked right in on his bumper. Allison drifts high in three. Schrader's going to try it again down low. This is the 17th lap of 492. Schrader can't get the jump off the low side of the racetrack. He'll hang on to second. Let's establish, though, Joe Moore, the fact that Dale Earnhardt is not the only car that
much ill handling here early. Quite a few cars going way up the banking. We're seeing Jimmy Means go way up almost to the outside wall. The car also fishtailing a bit. Darrell Waltrip's going up high. And Morgan Shepard just here. Roller skates almost off turn two. The rear end of his car kicked out. He's been running a high group since the start of the race. And some of the cars that are back toward the tail end of the field are having problems also. Jimmy Means almost from the opening gun has not been able to keep his car low through the turns at all. He's drifting real high in the Alka-Seltzer machine as the laps are only 19 on the board here of the 492 that will make up the AC Delco 500 uh, at the conclusion of the day. Down the back stretch and in the turn number three, Davey Allison's got it hooked up pretty good. The lone Chevrolet up there among that front four cars is Kenny Schrader. Schrader gets his car to the bottom of the racetrack, but it won't stay there. Right in the middle of the corner, he has to free it up, let it drift up a little bit. Otherwise, he's going to lose a position. Alan Kowicki's car, on the other hand, seems to be working extremely strong. He's been right there in the thick of things since the early going. They're back in two. Those cars have to go single file this time, going around slower traffic as they exit turn two. Moving single file now, your front four, Allison, Schrader, Kowicki, and Bill Elliott going down into turn number three. About a car length separating each, then about six car lengths back to Kyle Petty and Harry Gant. Those are fifth and sixth place. Seventh place is a good battle. Give it to Ricky Rudd on the low side of the racetrack. He is seventh. Jeff Bodine now runs in eighth place. Ninth belongs to Rick Mast. And tenth is Dale Jarrett. Dick Trickle is eleventh. Twelfth belongs to Michael Waltrip. In the thirteenth spot now, Terry Labonte. Fourteenth is Derek Cope. Fifteenth, the Morgan Shepherd car. Sixteenth is Brett Bodine. Seventeenth is Hutt Strickland. Eighteenth is Mark... Mark Martin in the 18th spot, then Sterling Marlin runs 19th, Rick Wilson is 20th, Rusty Wallace will be 21st, then Dale Earnhardt way back in the 22nd spot, Jimmy Hensley runs 23rd. Good, good hard battle going off for second place, and Kenny Schrader may lose it. Alan Kowicki's got the spot coming off turn two. Kowicki goes down to the inside, he bypasses the Kodiak Chevrolet, so put Kowicki up to second as one car almost loses control on the back straightaway. That'll be the automobile being driven today by Mike Skinner. He gathers it back up right in front of Jeff Bodine, and he'll continue you on. 22 laps, now 23 in the books as the leaders flash across the stripe. Davey Allison has been swapping the lead around with Alan Kulwicki and Ken Schrader. We told you earlier in the day that Ernie Irvin had to stop there on the pace lap this afternoon because of an ignition problem. He has worked himself back up to 29th spot with all 40 starters still running here on the 23rd lap with Davey Allison in front. A real scramble. Trouble in turn turn four. It's Jim Bound spins right in front of Tommy Kendall, locks the Heinz pot down all the way to the bottom of the racetrack. Now the battle will be who leads back to the caution flag. Well, there's no caution flying, but now it is. Here it comes, and it will be Ken Schrader leading Alan Kowicki and Davey Allison back to the stripe. A close call there for both Tommy Kendall and Jim Bound in turn number three. Let's go back to Alan Bestwick. The two were racing bumper to bumper. Jimmy Bound was leading Tommy Kendall when they come into the corner. Jimmy Bound's car broke loose on him. He locked all four wheels down, and Kendall did a good job to get his Chevrolet slowed down before piling into the side of Jimmy Bounds' car. Bounds slid to the bottom of the racetrack, got it straightened around, fired back up, and drove on around. That was also a close call, Eli, for the leaders. They were right behind those two cars getting ready to lap them when that spin happened. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches.
We're under green. Darrell Waltrip takes off, and boy, does he ever take off. He pulls away from Kenny Schrader by about four car lengths before they hit turn one. So now two Chevrolets up in front, Waltrip and Schrader, followed by the Ford of Kowicki, then the Ford of Davey Allison. Down to the inside, the lap car of Jimmy Bound being bypassed by the leaders now. Schrader, Kowicki, Kyle Petty all clearing the Pontiac. Darrell Waltrip, meanwhile, has a four-car length lead now as they go off of four. Here's Schrader now closing in to within a car length and a half of the race leader. Further back, many teams sorting themselves out through traffic. Waltrip leads the 36th lap across the stripe. Back into turn one, Schrader is there challenging for the lead. And Davey Allison goes to the outside of the racetrack, trying to challenge Kyle Petty. He'll slip back. Petty advances, and Ricky Rudd pulls alongside. Meanwhile, at the front of the pack, Schrader drops the Kodiak Chevrolet down to the inside of Darrell Waltrip's tied Chevrolet. Waltrip goes way up the racetrack. Schrader goes by underneath. That's the opening he was looking for. He's got it. Kenny Schrader goes back to the front of the pack. Waltrip, meanwhile, gets squeezed out. Now, Alan Kowicki dives underneath him, and Darrell may lose more than that one spot. Darrell's trying to get back in line, but again, he goes way up the banking. He will lose another spot. Kyle Petty advances. Charlie Baker car pulls to the bottom of the racetrack after what looks like a lot of smoke out of the engine of the car. Meanwhile, the battle will be back for about the fifth and sixth position. Jeff Bodine will get that spot. Now he'll try and go with Ricky Rudd under Darrell Waltrip. We remain under green despite that plume of smoke from Charlie Baker's car. He's going to the uh, back pit area as the lead cars go back into turn number one. Schrader leads as Waltrip again climbs the banking. He'll lose more spots. Third, Ken Schrader continues to lead the AC Delco 500. 41 laps in the books. 39 of the 40 starters are still on the racetrack. The one man who is not is with Winston Kelly. Charlie Baker, you pulled your Buick behind the wall. What's the problem? Well, some left go in the motor. It's, uh, the car was working pretty good. We made the last minute chassis change first thing this morning. We're just trying to sort the car out a little bit. and um, I don't know. I just Water temperature was fine. The oil pressure was good. And going in that turn down there, it just... You know, it just uh, it went bang and filled up with smoke, and that's all was to it. Charlie Baker's the first car out of the race, and Eli, we had a chance to talk with Jeff Hammond on the Tide Chevrolet crew, and they said they were just going to roll the dice and see how it worked, pitting here on the back straightaway, not getting any tires. They were in and out so fast, they were out before we did our spot back here. Didn't even see them come in and get the fact that they were already back on the racetrack. They just wanted to see how they could blend back in in relation to the other cars who got four tires. So a bit of an early strategy move on Jeff Hammond's part. Well, our statistician here and scorer in the booth, Martha Oliver, has been following that. Darrell was leading on the restart on lap 33. On lap 44, which we are now 11 laps later, he is running 15th, so it may be a gamble that is backfiring on the Tide team. Well, new tires do make a big difference here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. 44 laps are in the book right now. At the front of the pack, Kenny Schrader. About five, six car lengths behind him is Kyle Petty. Alan Kowicki is in third place. Jeff Bodine is fourth. And Harry Gant finally wrestled that fifth place away, and that's where he rides right now. Trouble in turn two. Tracy Leslie's car spins in front of oncoming traffic. He goes up to the outside retaining wall, gets the car stopped before other traffic comes into the area. Here comes the leader now just getting by. Tracy Leslie refires the car and drives away. That will put us under caution for the second time this afternoon as Tracy Leslie's car went flying up into that wall, and that will be the trouble spot. More than likely, for the better part of the day, we'll be down in turns one and two, and we'll talk to some of the drivers about that as the day goes by. 46 laps are complete. Tracy Leslie spinning over in turn number two for a quick recap. Let's go back to turn one. Looked like he lost it by himself coming into the corner. He was way up in that high groove, Barney. The car just spun around, swapped ends, almost made contact with the wall, but he got the car bound up before it hit the outside wall. Again, he refired the car and drove away. Cleanup efforts are concluded down in turns one and two for Tracy Leslie's machine where it spun just a moment ago, but he will be able to continue, and we're getting ready to go back to green flag racing. The leader... 
is still Kenny Schrader. Apparently nobody didn't want to make it onto pit road that time, so all the front runners stay right out there on the racetrack. The lap cars, there's only going to be a couple of those dropping down to the inside. Rick Jeffries will be the first one up there as they get ready to go back to green. Schrader at the point. Kyle Petty riding second. Third is Alan Kowicki. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. Fifth right now, Harry Gant. Davey Allison has dropped back to six. Seventh is Ricky Rudd, and we are under green flag racing conditions once again as they take off for turn number one. Schrader, a good jump on the restart, gets away by a couple of car lengths, but that's all. Kyle Petty's there. Kyle may be the guy to look out for. He started six and has worked his way up to the second spot. He's bearing down on Schrader off turn two. First challenge is going to be, though, for fourth and fifth spot as Harry Gant has it, and Davey Allison wants it. Gant down low. Davey Allison taking the high group. He'll have to fall in line single file this time by. Further back, many of the cars picking their way to the high side of slower machines. A stop-and-go penalty on Jeff Purvis as he jumped the restart. The battle for the lead now is in turn number one. Kyle Petty's got his Pontiac right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Ken Schrader is held up by the slower car of Tracy Leslie. Kyle Petty will take the lead as they come down the back straightaway. Tracy Leslie's car will be in the outside groove, so Schrader will go single file down to the inside of the racetrack. Kulwicki still holding on to third. Kyle Petty told me yesterday if we can hit any kind of the same setup we had back here in March, we can do maybe the same thing we did but he said it's unlikely that we will find the combination we had. Boy, that is not the case. 433 laps he led here back in the spring race, and today he just suddenly comes out of nowhere and goes to the front of the pack, heading for turn three. All right now, running single file through the front five, six, seven, eight cars now, all the way back through the tenth position. Morgan Shepard running there, trying to get around Ricky Rudd. And between turns three and four, all the lead cars having to make an evasive move to the high side of Tracy Leslie, who drives the Detroit gasket car here this afternoon. Further back, Sterling Marlin is on the move now as he picks off car after car to the inside, doing it again in the corner. Marlin gets by Rick Mass, now draws a line on Bill Elliott here off turn two. Down the back straightaway, he'll look down to the inside, now to the outside as they go. They'll fall single file, though, as Elliott gets a good run off the corner and actually pulls out a couple of the car lengths as they move into four. Tracy Leslie is right up in that front pack. He's not running for the lead, but apparently no damage on that car other than maybe flat spotting some tires. He did lose a couple of laps, so he's going to try and get back up there and get at least one of those back, if possible. Kyle Petty is the leader. Schrader rides second. He's two car lengths back. About three more car lengths back. Rides Alan Kowicki over in turn three. And a good battle shaping up now for the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth positions. Jeff Bodine is there, followed by Davey Allison, Ricky Rudd, and Morgan Shepard. Those four cars running under a blanket off of turn four. Morgan Shepard really came on to run well after the first of this race. After about 15 or so laps were in the book, his car really began to move. We'll see whether he's able to duplicate that here on this run of green flag racing. The lead car, Kyle Petty, works off the back straightaway towards three. And again, still watching this battle for fifth position on back as the front four begin to string it out just a little bit, watching Jeff Bodine try and hold the fifth spot with Davey Allison looking to make a challenge. That's where the best scrambling's going on right now. I've been at the front of the pack in the early going. Now back about seventh, eighth, and ninth position is where all the door-to-door and diving underneath somebody's going on. Davey Allison wants to move up a notch. So does Ricky Rudd. They're over in two. Davey will try to get underneath the Jeff Bodine car directly ahead. Bodine slams the door on him, though. Here is the exit turn two. Bodine holding tough now as he maintains a good firm line down to the inside of the turns here in turn three and four. Bodine again puts the Budweiser forward down to the bottom of the track, and Allison can't do anything with him. At the same time, Ricky Rudd is trying Davey Allison to the low side of the racetrack through the corners in particular. Unable to make it work, though, here on the 55th lap this afternoon. Kyle Petty setting a pretty blistering pace for the rest of the field to keep up with, and right now he's beginning to pull away from second place Kenny Schrader by about 25 car lengths. They're over in turn three. Kyle Petty with a good gap now on Schrader, who's got about six or seven car lengths on Alan Kulwicki, then another ten back to Harry Gant, then a couple of seconds back to Davey Allison in fifth. 
That's your top five with Ricky Rudd running in sixth. Bill Elliott goes seventh. Eighth is now Sterling Marlin. He's broken away from ninth place Dale Earnhardt by about seven car lengths. Tenth is Ernie Irvin. And backpedaling to 11th at this point is Jeff Bodine. The Budweiser Ford not running quite as dominatingly as it was earlier. Right behind Jeff Bodine, Rick Mast and Morgan Shepard with a good side-by-side -side battle on the backstretch. They slug it out down to the end of the straightaway with Rick Mast out of the inside. Shepard, though, is going to get that spot on the outside. Now in turn three, the car pushes way up, and Mast will try it again. Rick Mast tries to get down to the bottom of the speedway and make that car stick there, and it does as they come out of the corner. Morgan Shepard, meanwhile, all day long has been getting good lap times, but he's been drifting really high in both ends of the speedway. Now, we see this a lot when we go to Dover, Delaware, the other one-mile speedway on the circuit, that sometimes you can free the car up and just let it drift off in there and stay in the throttle, keep the RPMs up, and still take the long way around the racetrack, but come up with as good a lap times as the leader. And in that case today, Morgan Shepard's finding it's working pretty well for him. To give you an idea of how strong Kyle Petty is running, he has a, almost a straightaway over fifth place, Harry Gant, and back in that sixth place run, which is some strong cars back there in the form of Ricky Rudd and Davey Allison, Barney, he has there's an advantage a little, of a little over six and a half seconds. Trouble on the back straightaway, Barney. Tracy Leslie's car has gone up in smoke, trailing flames and smoke out from behind the car. He gets it down off the banking, down to the inside. The flames now extinguish themselves, but Tracy Leslie losing a motor big time on the back straightaway. NASCAR observers are checking the uh, area behind the race car to see whether Leslie is putting anything down on the racetrack, and all seems to be clean and green. He will be heading directly to the garage area, so our attrition list now. Charlie Baker, who left with an engine failure earlier, and now Tracy Leslie with apparently the same problem on the Detroit casket machine. I'll tell you, Tracy Leslie's good-looking race car driver. Uh, he was taken under the wing of A.J. Foyt not long ago, and has driven A.J.'s Copenhagen Oldsmobile when Foyt had other commitments with IndyCar competition and so on, and uh, if you get that man's vote of uh, confidence, uh, you've done something, and Tracy Leslie is going to be a, a force, particularly next year in Bush Grand National competition. I think a lot of folks have been looking him over and heard a lot of the Winston Cup car owners talk about him, that somewhere down the road he may end up with a good ride over here. The best race on the speedway will be for six positions. There's four cars tied up in that little tussle as they work over to turn three and back into four. Davey Allison currently is being shown in the sixth place. Right behind him is Bill Elliott. Down to the inside comes Ricky Rudd and Sterling Marlin is also a part of that foursome as they work back to turn one. Rudd and Davey Allison had raced side by side for about five laps battling for the sixth spot. Finally, Davey got by to pick up the position. Now Bill Elliott and Ricky Rudd go to it off turn two. Elliott will hold that spot for now though as he gets the better run down the back straightaway so we'll put Allison to sixth, Elliott to seventh and Marlin and Rudd will battle for eighth and ninth. And Sterling working awfully well on the low side of the racetrack. His Oldsmobile just sneaks around to the inside of Ricky Rudd's Chevrolet to take over the position here on the 73rd lap. But all the while, the lead is still held by Kyle Petty. As Barney told you earlier, Kyle led 433 of 492 laps here at Rockingham back in March of this year. We've got caution on the speedway as Jeff Purvis has apparently lost an engine out in front of Alan Bestwick. Smoke coming out from under the car at the end of the back straightaway, Eli. He dropped some liquid on the racetrack. The car started to go around on him, but he did a wonderful job to keep it from going around and keep it from getting into the outside wall as well. So perhaps a nominee for the cool move of the day there for Jeff Purvis. Kyle 
From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Double file restart as they work down to the start-finish line. Kyle Petty, pretty dominant here for about the last 40 or 50 laps. We're under green as they take it back to turn number one. On the break, he'll get away from Rick Mass by some three car lengths. Mass goes with the outside of the Chad Little car. Ken Schrader now working to the outside of Jim Bell. Then it's Alan Kowicki and Harry Gannon in the outside lane. Chad Little will slide in between Rick Mast and Ken Schrader. Now Schrader will go to the outside and clear the lap traffic. So now your front three are clear sailing off of turn four. As far as Dale Earnhardt, he's running in the seventh spot right now with Mark Martin, of course, out there working his way up through race traffic as well. He is 18th on the racetrack on this particular restart. Neither man, neither Earnhardt nor Mark Martin, has led a lap here this afternoon. So still 49 points separating the two, plus, of course, the position differences we see on the racetrack. Kyle Petty continues to pull away here in a hurry on the restart. But Rick Mass doing a job right now, hanging on to second place with Ken Schrader hounding him away. The challenge will be for second as they cross the start-finish line. Schrader's going after the number two spot in turn one. Schrader sees a lane open up down on the inside of Rick Mast. Mast goes way up the banking here in turn one. Schrader comes up alongside him. Schrader will drag race Rick Mast out of the end of the back straightaway. Mast looking strong on the outside, but Schrader will get second spot. Now Mast may lose third and fourth as Alan Kowicki and Harry Gann look to the bottom side. While all that scrambling is going on back there for second place, Kyle Petty has opened up about a half a straightaway and some two and a half laps on the rest of the field. That'll give you an idea of just how strong his car is. They're back in two. Meanwhile, Rick Mast still losing positions. Alan Kowicki gets by. Harry Gann also makes the move down to the inside. So the four tires proving out better than the two now as Mast having trouble keeping the car low as he enters the sweeping banks of turn number three. Again, the Chevrolet will skitter up the racetrack on him, and he'll have trouble with Bill Elliott this time. Talk about skittering up the racetrack. Darrell Waltrip lost five positions on this very last lap. He was heading out towards the golf course at Pinehurst before he ran up upon that out side retaining wall and he really had to woe the car down and lost five positions in the meantime to the garage area Jim Phillips with Jeff Purvis Jeff Purvis you parked this Chevrolet what happened I was coming down the back straightaway there and the, the motor just let go I think it broke a rod or something this that was a track out there today well of the few races I've run my car felt like if, if we had a few more pit stops we could get the car running pretty good they made they made me make a stop and go for some reason I don't really know what the problem was but uh the car didn't feel real bad I felt like if I had a little bit more time with it I could have got the car running good that young Jeff Purvis he will not finish here this afternoon in the AC Delco 500 boy's got a lot of driving talent I think that team uh they're hoping to get things really turned around and be a factor in the year 1991 he had a number of championships in dirt competition over the years he has run well in the all pro series has been running the uh, house car if you will for Neil Bonnet racing out of uh, Alabama and now with Neil as one of the owners of the racing team they've moved collectively with the car owner Frankie Grill among others into Winston Cup competition 89 laps on the board Kyle Petty continues to lead Schrader is second Kowicki third Gant fourth fourth, Elliott fifth, Earnhardt sixth, Ernie Irvin seventh, Davey Allison eighth, Ricky Rudd is ninth, and running in tenth now is Rick Max.
Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. 111 laps are on the board. Kyle Petty just continues to wear out the field here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. Ken Schrader is running second. Next in line is Alan Kowicki with Ernie Irvin now running up to fourth spot after the problems with the ignition system on the pace lap today. And Harry Gant runs in fifth. The True Value Hard Charger Award being led by Ken Schrader at this juncture of the afternoon on lap number 112. And if you're keeping tabs on the attrition list this afternoon, we have four drivers out of the race at this juncture, all with engine failure. Charlie Baker, Tracy Leslie, Jeff Purvis, and most recently Ted Musgrave taking his car to the garage area with another engine failure. Kyle Petty got himself caught up in some race traffic moments ago. What had been a three and two tenths second lead over second place Ken Schrader is now down to a second and a half. Kyle Petty has worked his way free of race traffic now and begins to pull away one more time. Eli, it was a close call for Kyle here in turn two. Mike Skinner was running directly ahead of him, and Mike may have a tire going down. He turned the car almost sideways as Kyle was just making his move behind that car. Kyle had to make an invasive move down to the inside of the track, barely cleared the car. Very obvious now that he has broken free of that lap traffic, that he still has the handling capability to get around this racetrack. Already he has pulled away even more on Kenny Schrader, although the traffic factor made a big difference to allow Schrader to close up some of the daylight between the two. Now again, Kyle Petty with clear sailing directly ahead as he moves over to Joe Moore and Joe he's pulling away already again he's working on him again got a couple of lap cars separating himself from the second place car of Kenny Schrader Kyle Petty now approaching his father Richard about a half a straightaway separating the two before he'll put Richard a lap down looking behind Ken Schrader a good distance back to the Ernie Irvin car Kowicki and Harry Gant also separated by about 15 or 20 car lengths one of the quicker cars in the racetrack now is Ernie Irvin remember he made that unscheduled stop on the pace lap today because of the ignition problem he worked himself back up to fourth spot and just a lap and a half ago went to the inside of Alan Kowicki, grabbed third place away from Kowicki and now is pulled away from Alan by some eight or nine car lanes. So Kyle Petty leads with Schrader's second, Ernie Irvin now up into the third spot. Meanwhile back in the garage area, Ted Musgrave has retired for the afternoon with him is Winston Kelly. Ted, an early afternoon, what's the problem? Well, it seemed like we lost another motor here today. We lost one in practice and we lost one uh, pretty early today. Any plans for future Winston Cup competition for the rest of this year, 1991? Well, I'll tell you, I sure enjoy being out there, but it's always too short. Every time I get out there, I try to learn something. And then I'm the Wisconsin driver, Ted Musgrave, the fourth car out of this afternoon's AC Delco 500. For just a little over 125 miles in the book here this afternoon, the attrition rate's not been all that high. It seems like when the cars start really dropping with the wayside, it's a little past the halfway point. So far, only four cars shown out. Charlie Baker, Tracy Leslie, Jeff Purvis, and Ted Musgrave that we heard from there just a moment ago. Continuing to just dominate this race, pretty much like he did in March here, Kyle Petty. Here he comes off turn number four. He'll be catching his father, Richard Petty, who's won many, many times here at the North Carolina Speedway. And as they hit the front straightaway and cross the start-finish line, already Kenny Schrader is now just about a half a straightaway behind, so Kyle Petty is really setting a pace that nobody can keep up with. He's off turn number two and heading for three. Kyle Petty moving down the back straightaway all by himself. A good distance of lap traffic. It will be distance between himself after he clears 
Bears' father, Richard, watching the battle back for the sixth position. Rusty Wallace and Dale Earnhardt really going at it about the last four or five laps. They approach the entrance to turn number three right now, and Wallace is going to get that spot away from Dale Earnhardt in four. So Dale Earnhardt checks into that position behind Rusty Wallace and just ahead of Ricky Rudd. Meanwhile, Mark Martin is still situated back in 17th place with 24 cars on the lead lap at this juncture of the afternoon. 128 laps are on the board of 492. If you're just joining us, we've had a total of three caution flags this afternoon. Jim Bowne and Tom Kendall got together on the 29th lap. Tracy Leslie spun on lap number 45, and Jeff Purvis lost an engine on his machine on the 75th lap, and that has been it. Otherwise, clean and green here in the early stages of the AC Delco 500. The quickest lap of the day so far was the second lap of the afternoon. Ken Schrader at 143.943 miles an hour, so he leads the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award at this juncture of the afternoon, 130 laps in. Trouble over in turn number three. Larry Pearson came into the entrance of the corner all by himself. The back end of the car broke out on him. He locked all four wheels down, spun halfway through the corner and down onto the safety apron without contact with another car or the retaining wall. He's since fired it up and got back on his way, but we're now under caution. 141 laps are now being shown on the scoreboard as they get ready to put it back under green. Kyle Petty right back at the front of the pack. Davey Allison, 20 laps now. It'll be the first lap car now to the inside. Green is out. They take it back to turn one. Alan Kowicki sits in the second spot directly behind Kyle Petty there on that outside lane. Harry Gant is third. Fourth is Kenny Schrader. And fifth now is Ernie Irwin. Davey Allison trying to hang tough down to the inside, but Kyle Petty and Alan Kowicki will both bypass him. Dave Marcus will also battle with Allison as well as Marcus tries to get past Allison. Allison in four. Try as he might, Alan Kowicki just couldn't stay with the jump that Kyle Petty got on the restart. Meanwhile, Ken Schrader will take matters into his own hand, and he'll try and bypass a couple of slower cars to the inside as others went to the outside, but no one can keep up with Kyle Petty. Petty now off of turn number two, separates himself from second place Kowicki by about ten car lengths already. Gad is right tucked on Kowicki's back bumper, then a pretty good distance back to Schrader, who's moved into third. Good battle back there for second place, Alan Kowicki trying to hold off Harry Gant. Now, if you've been here to Rockingham over the years, you know that this has been one of Harry Gant's best racetracks. He, at one time, he was he ran second so many times in a row coming here, but it's a good track for Harry. I wouldn't count him out to win here today either. Been a good battle back there for fourth place also between Ernie Irvin and Kenny Schrader as Schrader goes after him in turn three. Ernie Irvin put the move on Schrader last time by down the front straightaway. Now he's beginning to pull away from Schrader. Schrader can't seem to get the car hooked up off the bottom of the corner. So as Kenny closes in on Ernie Irvin further back, a squeeze play as Ricky Rudd and Richard Petty nearly got together. Chad Little and Terry Labonte's car also there as we are 145 laps in to the 492 laps here at Rockingham. Kyle Petty continues to pull away with the battle for second between Alan Kowicki and Harry Gant. Real scramble going on out of turn number two, and that will be for the second spot. Alan Kowicki trying to hold off a hard charge of Harry Gant. Gant wanted to look to the low side, but he ran up on the lap car of Jim Bowne and had to fall back in line. It may open the door for Ernie Irvin now as he is closed in on the rear deck of Harry Gant's machine. All of this is some two and a half, three seconds behind the leader, Kyle Petty. Kowicki is in second. Gant is third, trying to hold off Ernie Irvin's challenge in turn one. Irvin points the nose of his car right down on the inside of the track, trying to pull alongside Harry Gant, but will not be able 
able to do it this time. Gant in the Oldsmobile running third. Irvin in the Chevrolet running fourth and trying to look down to the inside of Gant again. This time in three, Gant slips up. Here comes Irvin down to the bottom. Ernie Irvin's had a good run this year, but a couple of times the team has been off. They want to win another race before the season is out. Harry Gant doesn't want him to even hang on to that position as they go back into turn number one, and he slows. Let's go to pit road. Yeah, I don't know what it was. He just started to slow down. I didn't know you'd seen it up there not, but I'll find out in a minute. Ernie Irvin now back up to speed, drops in on the tail end of that three-car draft back in turn three. Ernie Irvin falling back behind Gant and Ken Schrader seems to be wound up to top speed. He's hanging right on to Schrader's back bumper. That might have also opened the bit of a chance there for Bill Elliott, a two-time winner at Rockingham. When Ernie Irvin slowed, it allows Elliott to close in within eight or nine car lanes of that three-car draft battling back in turn one. Elliott's there in the sixth position. Now he watches Ernie Irvin directly ahead, go to the outside, and Schrader again in the battle for fifth. Irvin will try and pull up alongside Schrader. Kenny will give him racing room on the outside, and Ernie will get the spot easily. Schrader just moves over, waves him on by, so Schrader drops back one. Single. Ernie, Ernie, they said Ernie Irvin's car coming off the turn there was doing fine, and it just cut off. And then it fired again and hasn't missed since, so I don't know, a loose wire someplace. That's been a problem with a couple of cars here today. Ernie Irvin had that problem before the race even started this afternoon. He brought the car on the pit road, and they went inside and did uh, thought they had an electrical or ignition problem on the machine. Davey Allison's car just shut down a time or two there also, as we said. So, strange day here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. 152 laps being posted on the scoreboard. Kyle Petty showing the rear of his car to everyone else and has been for most of the afternoon. He goes back into turn one. Got about a 15-car link lead over Alan Kowicki. He's got about 10 car links over Harry Gant. Then it tightens up a bit. Ernie Irvin right up on his bumper. Kenny Schrader about three car lengths behind that battle. Schrader now holding down the fifth position. Oh, now ten car lengths back from Schrader is Bill Elliott. Then comes Dale Earnhardt in seventh. Rusty Wallace running eighth. Running in the ninth spot is Morgan Shepard. And Ricky Rudd is tenth. A real spirited battle going on between the Bodine brothers further back in the field and Sterling Marlin. They're running back around 13th, 14th, and 15th spots. Sterling moments ago tried to make an inside pass on Brett Bodine. Wasn't able to pull it off and had to back off because Sterling nearly took both he and Brett out of the race, so they'll settle back in single file here as we're still rather early in the running of the AC Delco 500. On the move, Ernie Irvin between turns three and four. He'll make a move to the inside of Harry Gant and pick up a position, so Kyle Petty leads Kulwicki with Ernie Irvin now in third, Harry Gant fourth, and Ken Schrader running in fifth. Let Dale Earnhardt is back there in seventh position as he has just kind of been trying to work his way up to the front after starting back 20th at the beginning of the race here this afternoon. The other side of that coin, Mark Martin going for the Million Dollar Winston Cup Championship. Hasn't been a good day for Mark at all. That car has just not really been running that well. We might get uh, one of our pit reporters to check in there and find out if they have some kind of a problem other than handling or something else. Of course, it's going to be a long day, and Mark Martin may just be kind of waiting back and waiting for the race to come to him. But for the moment, at least at this juncture of the race, with 157 laps complete, he hasn't shown all that much strength. Buddy, I just talked to Steve Meal. He said the car is tight in the middle of the corner, and then when he stands on the gas, it's loose off the corner. I talked to Richard Childress. He said the same for Dale Earnhardt's car. It's tight. It wants to go up the racetrack right in the middle of the corner. It doesn't want to turn in the middle of the corner. So that's the problem both of these drivers are having at this point in the race. But it is correctable with different tire staggers. From a philosophical standpoint, though, does Dale Earnhardt approach this race trailing in the points the same way he might have had he been leading the Winston Cup points? Well, I think I approach the race the same way, but it doesn't feel the same. I mean, I, I'd rather be in front, uh, whether it be a one-point leader or more. I'd, I'd rather be leading Mark than behind. Uh, any advantage is a good advantage, and uh, he's got the advantage right now with 16 points. Uh, 
it's been so close for the last several races, five points means a lot. Uh, he picks five up, I, I pick five up. It you know, it's back and forth. So. Well, right now, back and forth is at 49 points, the advantage that Mark Martin has over Dale Earnhardt, and problems again on the Ernie Irvin car. Well, it, started, it shut off again, and then it started running again. It just, uh, he come off the turn, and it just quit. They're going to, uh, well, they don't know for sure what they're going to do, and I don't know what they would do either in this case. They're going to have to eventually bring it in and find it, but boy, those kind of problems sometimes can be almost impossible. Ernie Irvin now back up to full speed, getting around here just like he has most of the day, except for the time or two that that machine does shut off. Right now it's still Kyle Petty, as we said. 196 laps are being posted on the scoreboard. Alan Kowicki's has not been able to do any better and get within about two-thirds of a straightaway behind him, which translates almost to five full seconds, almost six, really, uh, the, the true distance between these two cars. So for the moment, it's one of those stages in a race like Rockingham or Dover where it takes about four hours or so to run it that the drivers know, hey, let's just try to stay in that lead lap if we've got a problem on the car, nurse it along until we can get on pit road and get it cured because there's going to be some more cautions, more than likely, and we got a chance to get right back up there and go at it for the lead. The teams are using much more of the racetrack now. Even the ones that are handling well are taking higher grooves. It kind of reminds you of the way you run Dover, Delaware over the years, because for seasons upon seasons, if you got out of the groove here at Rockingham, you more often than not found the wall. It was kind of like running Darlington in that regard, and Dick Brooks, just looking around here, there are cars, even some of the top runners, that are using numbers of different uh, grooves here this afternoon, and it doesn't seem to be hurting anybody. Well, I think you have to let the car be as free as it can, and I think as we've talked about most people, cars are pushing pretty well. I can't see all the way around the racetrack, but I can see a big part of it. Earnhardt's staying right in his groove. He's down in the bottom. He's uh, goes through the corner as best he can, uh, close to the bottom as he can, at least in one and two. And a lot of the cars are driving into one, letting the car push up on them, and then they're accelerating off. One thing that happens when you do that is you come in and you get a new set of tires on, and they're a little bit of different stagger. It's sometimes hard to get back in the routine of being on the bottom of the racetrack. Now, the fastest way around this thing under normal conditions is still stuck right down on the bottom. You drive it off into the first turn, which is a little bit deceiving because you're going in a, in a kind of a bend anyway. You don't make a square corner out of it. And then when you get down in the bottom of the corner, it, uh, the car will have a tendency to slip out from under you. So you stay tight with it and, uh, and come off the second turn. Now, Earnhardt gets his car right. He's having to slow down in the middle because it's not turning so well on him, but he's still staying down in there. Now, if he gets his car right, he's going to still be in the same groove mentally and probably be tough with it. Uh, I think Kyle's car is staying down in there pretty good. But it's uh, kind of a mental thing here. You let your car be free now, and you do that a long, long time. When you get your car right, you're liable to be mentally off for it, and somebody will drive under you. Separation now between first and second is two and eight-tenths of a second for Kyle Petty's advantage over Alan Kowicki, so the interval has shortened up just a little bit. They've been out there a pretty good while since that last pit stop. And Jim Phillips, what do they run here? Uh, assuming this race stays green somewhat, 92 or three laps? That would be a safe bet to run out of 96, maybe 96 laps, Marty, on this racetrack. But uh, it would be safe at about 92 laps, somewhere in that area, 90 to 92 laps. 
Of course, the earlier the racer, they won't stretch it too far. When we get down to the end, they might try 96 laps, but I would say about 92, 93 laps. And actually, if you go statistically on what the teams like to tell you, 4.2 to 4.6 miles uh, to the gallon, you can go almost 110 laps if you go statistically on what you're supposed to be getting. So if push comes to shove down the stretch here today, uh, a team or two could try and stretch their fuel mileage a bit more. If memory serves me right, Darrell Walter did that yes, some did. years ago. Yes, uh, just a little over 110 miles and went on to win the race. 200 laps are on the scoreboard right now in the AC Delco 500 here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. We were talking a moment ago about using so much more of this racetrack back in the old days when they used to put the sealer on this particular speedway here. If you got out of that lower groove, you had about a lane and a half to race off into the turns. I think one thing that's changed that, they don't put the sealer down anymore. This racetrack was repaved a few years ago. The surface is not all that bad, but the radial tires have made a big difference too as far as the cars getting a bite in the corners and being able to use at least a groove and a half, two grooves, and in some cases today, we've seen that third lane lane being used up there with still some good lap times. Take a quick minute to remind our listeners that a limited number of souvenir racing magazines will be available by mail order uh, the, this coming week. The uh, All you need to do is write the North Carolina Motor Speedway, Post Office Box 500, Rockingham, North Carolina, $7.50. They'll accept checks or money orders if you'd like to have a copy of the, of the souvenir program for the AC Delco 500 here at this racetrack. 202 are on the board. The big surprise of the day, I guess, Eli, has to be the fact that Mark Martin has not been up there and been a factor in the top five. That team has not missed a beat all year long, so to speak. The consistency may, may not be a factor to win in every race, but most of the time he'll be around the top five or six, but not so today. No, he's at the top 15 right now. He is running in 15th position with Dale Earnhardt running in the eighth spot. So obviously the points shuffle could well change here today. But at the same time, we are merely 203 laps in to a 492-lap race. So at this point, uh, everything we talk about is obviously speculative. We should mention, though, if you're just tuning in, that neither Dale Earnhardt nor Mark Martin has led a lap here today. And if you're new to our sport and you wonder what the significance might be, you get five bonus points if you do lead a lap, even one lap in the middle of the race. You lead a lap, you get five bonus points. And the driver who leads the most laps in the course of an afternoon would get an additional five bonus points. That right now is looking very strong in Kyle Petty's favor as we work our way towards halfway here at the AC Delco 500. Why don't we run things down again? The car's on the lead lap. There are still 19 on the lead lap with Kyle Petty showing the way. Alan Kulwicki is second. Harry Gant third. Bill Elliott fourth. And Ken Schrader fifth. Sixth is Ricky Rudd having a good run. Seventh is Sterling Marlin. Eighth is where you'll find Dale Earnhardt. Ninth is the... Jeff Bodine car and 10th is Terry Labonte. Ernie Irvin runs in 11th. 12th is Morgan Shepard. Brett Bodine is 13th. 14th belongs to Rick Mast. Mark Martin is in 15th. Darrell Waltrip 16th. Bobby Hillen 17th. Then Rick Wilson and Dale Jarrett. Those are the 19 cars on the lead lap. We are live at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. 212 laps are complete in the running of the EC Delco 500. It's a beautiful, sunshiny afternoon here in the Sand Hills region of North Carolina. The third from the final race on the Winston Cup schedule for 1990. It has been all Kyle Petty thus far. As a matter of fact, Kyle continues to lead the True Value Hard Charge. 
larger standings, uh, predictably enough, as he has led most all of this race. Ken Schrader, who is fifth in the race, currently second in the True Value Hard Charger points. That is in a contest where the top five runners on each lap get points over the course of the afternoon. The attrition list uh, rather slim today. Four drivers gone with engine failure. Charlie Baker, Tracy Leslie, Jeff Purvis, and Ted Musgrave. Meanwhile, Mike Skinner has just taken his car behind the wall. Let's get an update from Winston Kelly. Mike is still sitting in the car, and the crew is looking up underneath the hood. Mike, what seems to be the problem? Well, I believe the ignition has given up on us. Uh, we're going to try the other coil here and see what the deal is. So Mike Skinner still having his glid and paint Chevrolet worked on here on the back straightaway pit. Still watching the Bill Elliott machine out there go through both ends of this racetrack, and Alan Bestwick over in turns three and four. All day long, he's one of the few cars that seems to be able to drive in real low in turn three and just plant that car right at the bottom of the speedway and keep it there. And it's pretty obvious he's got a lot more car than he's showing at this stage of the game. And I think one of the important things, you, you gentlemen touched on this before, about letting the race come to him, he's not pushing that car at all. Bill is really not working hard and forcing the car in lap traffic or when he came up on Harry Gant to try and make that pass several laps back. He didn't force the car on Harry Gant. He waited till basically Harry slipped up the racetrack and gave him an opening before he drove on by. So Elliott looking very smooth and right now very good, I think, towards the later stages of the race. And he's like much like Darrell Waltrip. In fact, he told me a long time ago he kind of patterned his driving style after Darrell Waltrip. He said Darrell Waltrip didn't win $10 million by being a dummy in this uh, sport of Winston Cup stock car racing. You kind of wait and let the race come back to you. And a lot of times it will do that, particularly in, a, in an endurance-type race, much like we see here and at Dover Downs, where it takes about four hours to get it done. Here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway, 243 laps are on the board. There are 13 cars on the lead lap at this juncture. Kyle Petty is the race leader. Harry Gant second. Alan Kulwicki third. Fourth is Ken Schrader and fifth, Bill Elliott. Sixth is Ricky Rudd. Sterling Marlin, seventh. Eighth is Ernie Irvin Carr. Rusty Wallace is ninth. Tenth, Dale Earnhardt. Eleventh is Mark Martin. Twelfth is Jeff Bodine, whose Budweiser Ford is still humming along nicely out there. And next in line, thirteenth, Terry Labonte. The 13 cars on the lead lap at lap 244. Kyle Petty, the leader, now caught up in some traffic as he works out of turn number two. And Alan Kowicki has closed in on him just a little bit. Kowicki continues to try and chop the gap down right now. He's got about the length of the back straightaway, Kyle does. That's about a quarter mile, but he's in some heavy traffic off of four. As Kyle comes through the corner, he will fall in on the tire tracks of Derek Cope for the moment as he follows him back into turn number one. Terry Labonte behind him there. Had been lapped moments ago trying to get himself back on the lead lap. It'll be tough. Eli, just looking at the computer here, Kyle Petty's computer again, as I told you before, 19 laps into this run, he had a 6.3 second lead on uh, Allen. Uh, this lap, which is 32 laps into this run after the after the pit stop, he's only got a 5.3 lead. So he's lost one second on him in, uh, in about uh, 12 laps. He almost got clipped that time coming out of turn number four, just brushed together a little bit with Derek Cope's car. And the car, car got very squirrely for just a second. He puts it back in line, and they're over in turn three. Kyle Petty down to the inside of Derek Cope now as he enters turn number three. Derek Cope slips up the racetrack a little, but Kyle can't shake him off the corner. 
As they work off the corner, Dick Brooks is standing there near Gary Nelson, who is the crew chief on the Peak Pontiac. And I'm interested to find out what uh, Gary has been saying here, Dick, over the last few laps. Are they showing any concern? Is Kyle just biding his time or what? I asked him a couple minutes ago if there was anything wrong. He said no. And when I came back and looked at this machine, he is running the same speed exactly that he was running when he came in the pit. He's running 27 and a half seconds. That's the same speed. I don't have a clock on Alan Kowicki, but uh, he's either picked up a little bit of speed on the, on it or, or uh, Kyle's having trouble getting through traffic. Now his time is fluctuating quite a bit. He had some times in 26 and a half seconds, had some times in 29 seconds. So his times are not as consistent as they were earlier. 4.3 seconds is the last time here across the stripe from first to second. He's been working through some lap traffic, and as we said a little bit earlier this afternoon, Kyle is not about to overextend that car or put it in a place where he's going to get a wrinkle put in it or whatever, and that may be part of the slowdown, but I don't think that's all of it. Alan Kowicki seems to be getting a little bit stronger, so the interval is beginning to get a little bit shorter each time around, but there's still a pretty good gap between the leader and Alan Kowicki. Now, the quickest lap of the day was still lap number two when Ken Schrader turned a 143.943 miles an hour. Kyle had a lap of 143.7 just a short while ago, but the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award still in the hands of Ken Schrader at this juncture. Let's go back to the pitch. Well, Gary Nelson's talking to uh, Kyle and giving him a lap time. Gary, you might have slowed down just a little bit. Something happened? Well, right during that rush of pit stops, somebody dropped some oil down low, and uh, Kyle's running lower than anybody, so the oil affected him more than the other cars, but now as oil's wearing off the track, we're getting our pace back. Well, I think kind of kind of holds true because his lap times on the machine shows it to be getting more consistent. But he's also uh, probably taking more care down there also. As I explained earlier, this is a funny racetrack. You drive off into the first turn, and you know you've got full control of it, and you get to the bottom of it, and uh, all of a sudden it slips out from under you. So I'm sure he doesn't want to do that today. Battle for the lead here, Barney. Well, something's happened to Kyle Petty. He's off the pace. Let's go down to pit road. When he came by, Barney, sounded like he's running only, only seven cylinders. The car sounds flat as it comes by each time. So Kyle Petty, it seems like, has lost a cylinder. Dick Brooks will be down in that vicinity, but he is far, far off the pace from what he was running a little bit earlier. That has allowed Alan Kowicki to slide by him, and Kowicki is now the leader, and he may lose that second spot over in turn two. Eric Hansel on the outside of Kyle Petty, battling with him, coming off turn two, dead even here on the back straightaway. That cylinder problem, also a good diagnosis because Kyle Petty is getting through the corners as well as everybody else, but he's getting passed by everyone on the straightaways. He holds Gary. Bill Elliott off in turn three, but then on the straightaway, Elliott goes right by. I'm with Gary Nelson. Gary, what happened? We're not sure. It's really slowing down. It's lost uh, probably one or two cylinders. Maybe some ignition problems. We're not sure, but uh, we can't stop until we're a lap down. So we're going to stay on the racetrack, hope for a caution. Maybe we we'll get a chance to work on it, but we'll see what how it goes there. Derek Cope is slowing on the back straightaway as well. The Purolator filters machine for Derek Cope, who has a twice winner this year, the Daytona 500 and the Budweiser 500 at Dover. He slows markedly on the back straightaway. He'll be coming around to the attention of Buddy Parrott and the crew here on the main straightaway. So when it happens, it happens in a hurry at Rockingham. Derek Cope has taken his car to the garage area. Quickly, let's get his thoughts and find out what happened. Derek, you're in the garage area. What happened? Well, unfortunately, I think uh, the Purolator has got injured something went wrong. I started to lay down and uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but I uh, just laid down and we wouldn't go anymore, so I shut it off to try and save things. But uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, we got lapped there, but the car, we just, we just got too tight. That last stop got hurt, but it was a pretty good day for us. That's Derek Cope. He's out of the AC Delco 500. 
276 laps are on the board. 492 make up the total distance this afternoon in the AC Delco 500. If you're just joining us, Kyle Petty had been the dominant car all afternoon long, but here over the last 10 or 12 minutes, he has uh, developed an apparent engine problem that has relegated him now down to fifth spot with Alan Kulwicki, the race leader. Harry Gant is second, Bill Elliott third, Ken Schrader fourth, and then Kyle Petty in fifth. On the attrition list, you heard Derek Cope tell us moments ago he has gone with engine failure. Mike Skinner now also goes behind the wall with the same problem. So we have lost eight cars this afternoon, and every one of them goes out with an engine failure. I see Jim Phillips down in the Levi Garrett pit standing near Waddell Wilson, who is one of the premier engine builders on the circuit. Is this something unusual, Jim Phillips, as far as uh, engine stress here at Rockingham? Yes, Waddell Wilson. Waddell, we've had eight cars out today with engine problems. Is this racetrack really tough on engines? Well, you know, the, a lot of people have put low gears in, figuring that the track would, may run a little slower than what it is. And, you know, that, that here is a place that you've got to run it all day, and, and a lot of people now are trying to win and, and trying to run up front. So, But now we've ended up with a vibration in our car, so there's a lot of people having problems. That's Waddell Wilson, the chief engine builder and crew chief for Ricky Rudd. Kyle Petty, after dominating most of this race in the early going up to the halfway point this afternoon, has now slipped back all the way to sixth position. Whatever the problem is on that car, you heard Gary Nelson tell us a few moments ago they're just going to stay out there and ride it out and try to get on pit road and find out whatever they can do to it and maybe still give him a shot to win. But it has slipped him all the way back to sixth position. The leader is Alan Kowicki. And I tell you, creeping up on Alan Kowicki is Bill Elliott. As we said a little bit earlier this afternoon, don't count him out because he's getting closer and closer as Elliott has now moved up into the number two position. He just got around Harry Gant a few moments ago. Gant currently is still being posted back in third. Fourth is Kenny Schrader, and fifth is Ernie Irvin. We are at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham, North Carolina, the beautiful Sand Hills region known for its golf courses and auto racing. And we're glad you're along with us on MRN Radio. The AC Delco 500 is 296 laps complete. Alan Kowicki now has caught the car directly ahead of him, who is Mark Martin, and now is about to put Martin, the Winston Cup point leader, a lap down in turn two. Kowicki climbs the banking in turn two, now up alongside Martin as they hit the backstretch. But Kowicki's going to run up on the back of the Dave Marcus car as Martin holds the inside line. Kowicki's going to get by on the high line, though, entering turn number three. Now he's going to set off after Dale Earnhardt. So as they work themselves around turn four, Martin goes a lap down. Kowicki's legion of fans rise and cheer as one. We're also watching some smoke that has begun to boil off the right front of Richard Petty's car. It's possible Joe Moore in the corner. You or Alan have a better view than we. Uh, is the sheet metal caved in on that car at all? Looked like that was the case. Defender bending on the tire. Richard has gone to his pit. Let's get an update from Winston Kelly on the back pit area. The crew's going to work on the left side of the car now. They just finished changing four tires. At the same time, they were banging away the sheet metal on the right front of the car. So a little bit of sheet metal damage rubbing on the right front of the Richard Petty car. He gets four 
tires on the SVP Pontiac, and he's back on the track. Oh, Richard Petty rejoins the fray on the 298th lap. 492 make up the distance here at Rockingham, so we have still got a ton of racing to go. So with Mark Martin now a lap down to our race leader, Alan Kulwicki, Kulwicki's next order of business would be to put Dale Earnhardt a lap down, and that's a story that is unfolding in turn three. Kulwicki has closed to within about four car lengths of Earnhardt now. He'll begin to work on him a little bit off of turn number four. Kulwicki's really had it dialed in here all day day long. He catches up to Dale Earnhardt about three, four car lengths behind him. Tries to chop it down a little bit. Earnhardt stands on it going off into turn number one. Big pack of traffic directly ahead. That may be a factor in this battle. A couple of cars directly ahead racing side by side. Rick Bast and Chad Little as Elliott leads him back down to turn three. All the Ford fans waving Kulwicki on in the back straightaway as he tries to put the good red Chevrolet a lap down. He's chopped it down now to where he's right on Earnhardt's back bumper. There are also four cars directly ahead of both Earnhardt and Kulwicki that will come into play here in a moment. Across the stripe, 302 laps on the board. Kulwicki, the leader, trying to put Earnhardt a lap down. Right up to the top side of the racetrack goes Alan Kulwicki. The Ford wound up now, pulling alongside the Goodrich Chevrolet. Kulwicki will take the high groove. Earnhardt will be forced to the bottom of the racetrack. He tries to keep the Chevrolet wound up, make the car a little wide on the back straightaway, but in turn number three, Kulwicki will motor around to the outside. Earnhardt is driving and running that car just as hard as he can to keep from going a lap down because that can make a big difference in positions the way they finish here this afternoon already with Mark Martin one lap behind. So far, Kulwicki hasn't been able to do it. They're back in two. This time he brushes up the banking a little bit too high. Kulwicki does. Earnhardt stays even on the back stretch. Earnhardt running hard in the bottom groove. This time, Kulwicki's going to get a fender out front at the end of the back straightaway, and Earnhardt's going to run up on the Chad Little car in the low groove, so Kulwicki will get it done this time off of four. Here comes Earnhardt again. If you're just tuning in, this is not for the lead. This is for Earnhardt to try and stay on the lead lap with the race leader. Alan Kulwicki trying to put him a lap down. Kulwicki draws even to the outside groove in turn one. Question will be where do the lap cars go? Is it two or side by side off turn two? But now coming off the corner, it's Kulwicki getting by Earnhardt. Kulwicki will move cleanly in front as they reach the end of the back straightaway now. This battling with Earnhardt has allowed Bill Elliott to close in on Kulwicki. Now will make him about ten car lengths back from the leader. Dale Earnhardt tried to use one of the tricks that he's used over the years on a lot of drivers in this business by letting Kulwicki get going side by side going off into turn number three there three or four laps ago, hoping Kulwicki would get in there way too hard and maybe drift up high and get the car a little bit out of shape and maybe do something to the tires. But Kulwicki wouldn't have any part of that. And now he has put Dale Earnhardt a lap down while Bill Elliott tries to close in a little bit more. Elliott now is some eight, nine car lengths behind. And very shortly, if he can get up there, we'll have a good hot battle for the lead. Still, Alan Kulwicki setting the pace after Kyle Petty has had a problem and fallen back in the field. He dominated the great part of this race more than 200 laps. Bill Elliott trying to chase down the leader right now, which is Kowicki out of turn number four. There's no traffic between himself and the leader, but a daylight space of about 10 or 12 car lengths. They head back to two. Kowicki's working on the Dale Jarrett car in turn number two, trying to put a lap on that machine as he pulls alongside him. Elliott closes in even more. And closing on Elliott is Harry Gant. Gant running in third now, only about seven or eight car lengths back off Elliott's bumper. He closes that gap as well, too, so we're going to have a three-way battle for the lead shortly. So that old rubber band kind of snapping back into place now as the front three cars Kulwicki, Elliott, and Harry Gant. Trouble in turn two. Tommy Kendall spins directly in front of Jeff Bodine and Jimmy Means. The car 
car slides up the banking. He locks up the brakes. Now the car rolls down the banking. Everyone gets by. No contact is made. We're under caution. Caution is out. It'll be the fifth one this afternoon. It comes out at lap 310 as Tommy Kendall had a problem over in turn two. Let's go back for a recap. Similar incident to what happened to Tracy Leslie earlier this afternoon. He just lost control of the car. It looped around. He locked down the brakes and brought the car to a halt at the top side of the racetrack. There was some traffic coming directly ahead. Jeff Bodine, most namely there, and Bodine did a good evasive move to get around the spinning car. Kendall has since fired the car and driven back down the pit road. Now, none of the cars that had just been lapped by Alan Kowicki, none of them got their lap back. Kowicki, Bill Elliott, Harry Gant, Ken Schrader, Sterling Marlin, and Jeff Bodine. Those six cars on the lead lap. Elmo Langley has already taken the Pontiac Grand Prix turbo down the pit lane as we get set for the restart on lap number 315 of 492. Here they come out of turn number four, waiting for Doyle Ford to put that green flag in the air. He does, and Kowicki comes up through that gearbox in a hurry. He'll pull away from Bill Elliott by at least a couple of car lengths before they hit turn number one. Rick Mass digs there at the bottom of the race track trying to get his lap back and he pulls even now with Kowicki off turn. Rick Mast gets the nose out in front. Kowicki though right alongside. Tucked right behind Rick Mast. Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt. Martin will force his way up between Kowicki and Bill Elliott. They'll try and go underneath. Now Mast loose in turn four. The car almost spins. He gets it under control. And what a piece of driving by Alan Kowicki also to avoid to the outside in a hurry and not have his car go around but it's allowed both Mark Martin and Dale Earnhardt to get back on the lead lap when Kowicki went wide. Earnhardt and Martin went down low. Earnhardt now going after Mark Martin. He gets into the rear end of him. Now pulls alongside on the back straightaway. Now the back straightaway. Earnhardt will go by on the inside. Kulwicki will go by Martin and put him back a lap down. Elliott will go by as well as they race off of turn four. Elliott tried to get the lead. He had quick thoughts about getting under Alan Kulwicki coming out of that corner. There just wasn't room to do it. Meanwhile, Kulwicki would like to put Earnhardt a lap down again, but I've got a feeling it's going to be awfully hard to do this time. They're back in two. A real tough job as Earnhardt is pulled away by a couple of car lengths now over Kulwicki. Earnhardt has a bet back on the tail end of the lead lap, but Martin is losing more positions. Elliott has gotten by. Ernie Urban has gone by. Mark Martin, some damage to the back end of Martin's car where he made contact with Earnhardt. Kyle Petty, after his stay on the pit lane, is back on the racetrack. He is four laps down. Four laps down for Kyle as the lead machines work back into turn one. Dick Brooks? Yeah, Eli, they uh, changed the ignition on the car. Uh, said it wasn't, it wasn't the plug wires, and they thought it was an ignition problem, so they changed it. But when they started it up, it wasn't running good either. So once somebody walked by and says, well, it's sick. And that was the end of that. So, but it is. It's not running well. Frustrating day when a car goes away like that and you have no idea. You, you troubleshoot and try to find what the problem is and get him back in there. Particularly having been as dominant as Kyle was in the early going, it's got to be twice as frustrating. Back at the front of the pack. Back on the lead lap, Dale Earnhardt is still out front by a couple of car lengths over Alan Kowicki. Now, that all that did was put Earnhardt back on the lead lap. Kowicki is the leader. Bill Elliott's right there. He's been knocking on the door to take that lead away a couple of times around this racetrack as they come out of turn number four. Earnhardt, again, has seven or eight car lengths over Kowicki. And as I said, i got a feeling it's going to take a while before Kowicki can put Earnhardt a lap down because all of a sudden, Dale is really slinging that car around this racetrack. They're back to two. The move we may be seeing here in a few moments is 
Cerny Irvin trying to get his lap back. He's battling now with Bill Elliott, trying to catch back up to the front of the field. Irvin appears to have one of the fastest cars on the racetrack, but as he comes into turn number three, the right front of the car banging off the pavement of the racetrack. So he'll settle in. Ernie Irvin will behind Bill Elliott for the moment. Again, those cars, in Ernie Irvin's case, trying to get back on the lead lap, but the lead is still Alan Kulwicki. Running behind him is Bill Elliott in second spot, making a move around race traffic in third is Ken Schrader. Alan Kulwicki is the race leader. Just about six car lanes behind him is Bill Elliott. Separating the two, though, is the lapped car of Ernie Irvin. Behind Elliott is Mark Martin. He is a lap down. Then comes the Ken Schrader machine. So we've got a car, a lap down, then a car in the lead lap, alternating back and forth through the first six or seven cars in line. 325 are complete. Still, Kyle Petty is leading the True Value Hard Charger balloting here today as all of the domination that he showed early in the race has earned him enough points to stay on the lead in the True Value situation. But at this point, some four laps down after the most recent stay on pit lane. So by the next time we update the Hard Charger contest, I dare say Kyle's name will have dropped from the top spot. But he's had quite a run in the early going this afternoon, but right now all he can do is just try to nurse it home to some kind of a, a decent finish here before the day is over. Leading the race, Alan Kowicki. He's one of the drivers that has yet to get into victory lane in 1990. In fact, there's quite a few of big-name drivers yet to win a race. Kenny Schrader hasn't won. Neither has Alan Kowicki, Dale Jarrett, Terry Labonte. Dick Trickle runs well enough to win a race. Mike Waltrip been knocking on the door all year long. Morgan Shepard, Darrell Waltrip, and Sterling Martin. And some of the drivers that have not won a race in 1990. And Kowicki's in a good chance to change his status in that department. It's been 55 races since Allen has won on the Winston Cup Tour. It was the Phoenix stop back in 1988 that proved to be the only Winston Cup win for Allen Kowicki to this point. Updating you on the uh, leaderboard situation, seven cars are currently on the lead lap, but that might change because Dale Earnhardt, who is in seventh, is on the tail end of the lead lap. And Allen Kowicki would like nothing better than to destroy with that black and white GM Goodrich Chevrolet if he can back in turn one. Kowicki's a busy camper right now trying to get around Earnhardt and trying to keep Ernie Irvin behind him. He now pulls alongside Earnhardt. Irvin tries to make a move down low. Irvin looks behind Kowicki. Now he's going to try and go behind Earnhardt as Earnhardt and Kowicki are about dead even in terms of ability to get around this racetrack. Irvin looks to make it three wide off of four. Ernie Irvin may well have the best handling and the fastest car on the racetrack at this juncture of the Del AC Delco 500 because he's been right up there. Here he goes again, takes a look down at turn one. Kowicki goes up alongside Earnhardt. Earnhardt pins it right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Irvin right in behind Kowicki. Earnhardt gets the Chevrolet wound up off the corner, though. He pulls out from Kowicki now by a full car length. Meanwhile, Ernie Irvin is all over Kowicki's back bumper. He's going to look to the high side of Kowicki in four. Dale really getting the good jump off the corner now as Kowicki's car rides up just a bit off number four. It opens the inside for Elliott, who takes the lead, and opens the outside for Ernie Irvin, who's going to try and get back on the lead lap. Elliott leads. Ernie Irvin gets a nose out in front of Bill Elliott. They're side by side, though, again, off turn two. Irvin winds up the Chevrolet on the outside. He will get back on the tail end of the lap. Elliott will hold the lead over Kowicki now, both running right behind Earnhardt and Irvin. I think Kowicki used some good judgment coming out of turn four two laps ago when they got three wide coming down that front straightaway, and it appeared that nobody
somebody was going to lift before they hit turn number one. If they had went in there three wide, somebody would have ended up in the wall. And Kawicki says, hey, we got a lot of racing left. I'm not going to wrinkle my car up at this stage. That battle continues off turn two and heading for three. Ernie Irvin wants to get around Dale Earnhardt. He's on the outside groove. Earnhardt's going to try and protect the bottom. They go into three side by side. Here's Irvin going to try and get him on the outside of four. What those men would both like to do is pull away from Bill Elliott and Alan Kulwicki as much as they can. Irvin and Earnhardt continuing to battle side by side for seventh and eighth position. So they are battling for position, although they are a lap down to the leaders or now on the tail end of the lead lap, working off turn two, heading down the backstretch. Ernie Irvin will get around Dale Earnhardt. He'll pull up into the seventh position, kicking Earnhardt back to eighth. Meanwhile, Kulwicki wants a piece of the lead from Elliott, trying to look to the outside, and four, he falls back in line. He tucks right in there as they come out of the corner, and Kulwicki may be content for the moment just to ride right where he is. They look the situation over, going back into turn number two and one over there, and a lot of traffic directly ahead as Elliott drifts a little high. He'll go to the outside of Dale Earnhardt, try to pull up alongside. As he does, he opens the inside lane. Kulwicki is there. Elliott will protect the group from Kulwicki, but now as they enter turn number three, he's going to try and pin Earnhardt behind the Jimmy Means car. Elliott trying to lap Earnhardt off four. Elliott goes to the high side with Earnhardt, as they say, tucked in behind Jimmy Means, but now as Means gives the lead cars racing room, they'll cut down the middle of the groove here on the main straightaway, and Bill Elliott will try to draw to the outside of Earnhardt in an ongoing battle to put Earnhardt a lap down, which now he'll do on the back straightaway. So Bill Elliott leads as he puts Earnhardt a lap down. Alan Kowicki running in the second spot. Sterling Marlin now shoots up into a tight battle for third, ahead of Ken Schrader in fourth, and Harry Gant in fifth on lap 335. 337 laps are complete here in the AC Delco 500. Been a real scramble here the last 40 or 50 laps. Bill Elliott currently holds on to the lead. Alan Kowicki's within striking distance, just a couple of car lengths back. And Ernie Irvin, who had got himself up there in contention just a moment ago to win this race, now has a problem and heads for pit road. He got back on the lead lap, but this is an unscheduled stop. Let's follow it. Well, he's got a vibration again, uh, similar to what he had a while ago. We'll have to see what happens. They're going to change all four tires on the car again. Seems like he can't get going for getting stopped. They've got the right side done. Uh, must have touched something over there because they're pulling on the fender just a little bit. I can't see the right side, but uh, uh, well, they started going to stop. What they did is they loosened the left front, tightened it back up, and then let him go again. So they just changed the right side. Ernie Irvin made that stop, that unscheduled stop a moment ago. He had gotten himself back on the lead lap, but after an extended stay on pit road, they are now posting that car two laps down for the Kodak machine of Ernie Irvin. So it has been a frustrating day for that team. Tell you who's done a great job all day long, though, is Sterling Marlin's Sunoco car. They've been doing good pit work, getting them in and out, and Sterling has really driven that car. Just slings it around here, keeps it up there, and he currently is being posted in the number two position. Let's check in his pits right now with Winston Kelly. They pulled up and took the second position. It was an interesting contrast in personalities. Steve Lloyd, the crew chief, is standing here with us. He hasn't even cracked a smile. Drove had an outstanding run all day long, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Started 29, headed over here. He told himself, if you stay in the lead lap, we'll be all right. That's what he's doing right now. He hadn't said much, said the car feels fine, so we just ride it out and see what happens at the end. you got to be hoping that the, the race will stay green the rest of the way, pitting back here, the clock hurt you. Yeah, we don't want any caution. That would, that would hurt us. So if there's only seven cars in the lead lap, we don't want to caution. That's Steve Lloyd, the crew chief I mentioned.
mentioned that he had not cracked a smile. Billy Hagan, the car owner, was jumping up and down and waving Sterling also. An interesting contrast in personalities. And Sterling Martin, who started back in the 29th position, currently runs second. Well, he's had a good run here today, and he is so due to win a race. He came awful close last year. In fact, for the last two years, he's been knocking on the door to get that car into victory lane, just has not been able to do it. Let's go a little further back in the running order. Back about eighth position right now should be Mark Martin. Behind him in ninth, that looks to be Brett Bodine. Morgan Shepard's had a frustrating day. He is back there in 11th spot in 12th position. Terry Labonte, 13th is Bobby Hill. He's had a good run here today. And 14th is Ricky Rudd. They've kind of run hot and cold also. And in 15th position, that is Rick Wilson. 16th, Darrell Waltrip. Two laps down right now. They're posting Rusty Wallace. 17th, 18th is Dale Jarrett. 19th is Michael Waltrip. And Rick Mast rounds out the top 20. 21st was Jimmy Hensley, but after a stop of 14 laps for a break problem that will drop him from that position. Larry Pearson being shown in 21st at this juncture then. Richard Petty 22nd, Kyle Petty 23rd, Tommy Kendall 24th, Jack Pennington is 25th, and Ernie Irvin again back on the racetrack. One of the quicker cars out there as he's trying to get one of his laps back. He has two laps in arrears, and he'll draw even with the race leader Bill Elliott here at the start-finish line trying to get one of his two laps back. Door to door, they go off into the corner. Neither one lifts this time around. Something's got to give in the middle of the turn. Irvin's got the inside line. He'll hold that spot coming off the corner. Gets a nose now out in front of Bill Elliott. But Elliott's going to try and fight back on the outside as they come down the back straightaway. He again draws alongside Irvin as they enter turn number three, and they'll go wheel to wheel midway through the corner. Irvin gets the better jump, though. Ernie Irvin's car really sticking at the bottom of that racetrack. He came through three and four, had it pinned right down almost to the white line at the apron of the racetrack, and he now pulls ahead of Bill Elliott by a car length to get one of those laps back. They're back in two. That side-by-side battling between Irvin and Elliott has allowed Sterling Marlin now to chase down Bill Elliott. He's right up on his bumper. Marlin draws the Sunoco Olds down to the inside of Elliott's Coors Ford. Thought to take a look at the lead at the end of the back straightaway. He'll run single file, though, this time through the corner. So Sterling draws near. He'll go single file off the corner this time, just following Elliott around the racetrack. Jimmy Hensley has taken the Crown Petroleum car to the garage. Jim Phillips is there. Jimmy, you're behind the wall. What happened? Uh, well, keep breaking rotor buttons, uh, Jim. Uh, you know, been fighting. Car ain't really been handling that good today. We've just been hanging on, but uh, it's a shame, you know. They're going to try to refig. We put one rotor button on it. Uh, it's done it again, so I don't know what's wrong with it. That's Jimmy Hensley. They're working on it. They're going to try to get him back in the race to try to finish the AC Delco 500. Here comes the battle for the lead. Door to door. Sterling Marlin goes after it in turn one. Marlin down to the inside of the racetrack again. Elliott climbs the banking coming off turn number two. Still, they're dead even with Alan Kowicki sitting behind Marlin. Kowicki will draw right in and make this a three-way tussle for the top spot. Elliott half a car length of advantage at the end of the back straightaway, but in that higher groove, he'll slip up the banking a little. Marlin's going to stick it right down low. If Sterling takes the lead, it would be for just the seven time this year that he has led a lap at the stripe. That was Sterling Marlin maybe by inches. We'll have to wait and see what NASCAR says, but it's that close between Elliott Marlin and Kowicki for the lead. Elliott just barely ahead of Marlin this time off turn number two. Still Alan Kowicki trying to decide which lane to take here as they hit the back straightaway. And again a drag race to the end of the strip. They're running up on some lap traffic now, so they're going to sort out single file. Marlin's going to fall back in behind Elliott. Kind of had a sneaking suspicion all afternoon long that Bill Elliott had a lot more race car than he was 
a showing in the first 200 miles in this race, but he's got his hands full now. Sterling Marlin is there again. Elliott's car is handling so well, he's running a full lane higher and still being able to hold Sterling Marlin off. They head for three. Marlin will be down to the inside groove. Elliott will be to the outside. Elliott seems to have a bit more horsepower at the end of the straightaway, but Marlin seems to get through the corners a little bit better. Again, a dead heat off of four. Coming back this time towards the stripe, they'll run up a car upon some slower cars. Jimmy Bound, Jimmy Means, Chad Little all there. So Elliott will go high, Marlin stays low, and Kowicki takes the middle. Those lap cars going side by side as well, so they sort it out single file this time off the corner with Elliott still leading Marlin. Elliott will get the top spot as Marlin falls back single file. Now they go to the outside of the Jimmy Means car, now into turn number three to the outside of the Jim Bound car, and they come upon Chad Little's automobile. Sterling Marlin said yesterday there's only one way that he's ever known how to run a race car, and that's just as hard as he can. I don't just say I've been one of the first drove a car, uh, you know, my daddy told me he's driving like a qualifying at every lap, and uh, just, you know, run every lap hard as you can run it, and that's the way I try to run one, and, you know, sometimes it, it might not be driving good, and you have to just ease off a little bit to keep wrecking it and uh, get the pits, get it fixed, and uh, hope you can, and, and come on back up, but, uh, you know, that's what I like to do, just, you know, when they drop a flag, it's hard as you go, and uh, if it lasts, it lasts, and if you don't, it don't. That's the way he's driving it right now. 357 laps are on the scoreboard. Bill Elliott leads. Second is Sterling Marlin. Third is Alan Kowicki. Well, I think when Elliott kind of paced himself there for the first 250 miles or so, found himself at the front of the pack and has been challenged a couple of times, and it's very apparent that he's had a lot more race car to work with than he showed in the early going here this afternoon. But just about anything can and usually does happen in Winston Cup racing, as you hear us say week after week. Strange things can happen with two laps to go, 40 laps to go, or whatever. And the endurance-type racing here at Rockingham taking over four hours. You heard Dick Brooks, Dick Brooks talking with some of the people down there also about just how tough this place is on engines, transmissions, and everything else. We can see some more stuff break. But so far, the attrition rate has not been nearly as high as we normally see at this racetrack. Uh, Jimmy Hensley's car went behind the wall a little bit earlier, and Derek Cope was out. Hutt Strickland, Dick Trickle, Mike Skinner has been out and in today. Ted Musgrave, Jeff Purvis, Tracy Leslie, and Charlie Baker. And you pointed out earlier today that, for the most part, most of those cars did have an engine problem. Right. Jimmy Hensley, as soon as you were giving that rundown, returns from the garage area. So he is back out on the racetrack. He is some 35 or 40 laps down. We'll get the official word from NASCAR. But uh, Jimmy is back out there on the racetrack yet again. He is being shown 34 laps down officially. There is still time for those of you who'd like to enter the Goodies Race for the Money contest here in 1990. You know the grand prize, I'm sure, by now. A trip to the 1991 Daytona 500 and tickets to all the Speed Week attractions. We've got tickets to the 91 Daytona 500 and the Goodies 300, an escorted tour of the NASCAR Winston Cup garage area, accommodations for two people for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn in Daytona Beach, and $1,500 in spending money. And there is still time to enter. If you'd like, just send the front panel from any size package of Goodies Headache Powders or Goodies Extra Strength Tablets or just write the words Goodies Headache Powders and plain block letters and a 3x5 card. Make sure you include your name, address, telephone number, and the call letters of your local MRN station. The address is Goodies Race for the Money, Post Office Box 2888, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32115. Maybe we'll seeing you down at speed. I wonder what happens if somebody doesn't send that in with plain block letters. What if they write it out longhand? 
I imagine they would still do it or take it as a entry. I'm sure they would. Knowing Tom Chambers and the guys at Goodies, I think they would. They're still showing six cars on the lead lap at lap 360. We had a pretty good rundown. We're now at lap 371, so that was 11 laps ago, but not a whole lot has changed in the top five with Bill Elliott setting the pace. Alan Kowicki now moving up to second. Sterling Marlin dropping back to third. Fourth, Kenny Schrader. I'll tell you, Kenny Schrader's had a good run here today also. That team is another one that's turned around in recent weeks, and uh, we were talking about that. Harry Gant has had a consistent, strong car all day long. He is currently fifth, and sixth is Jeff Bodine, and those are the only cars on the lead lap. Out of turn number four and back into the front straightaway, Alan Kowicki is a leader. He's ahead of Bill Elliott by some three or four car lengths. Sterling Marlin now slides back to the third place. Fourth is is Harry Gant, and fifth continuing to run pretty strong out there is Kenny Schrader, and Schrader said the other day this has been a good track for him here at Rockingham despite the fact that he'd wrecked a lot of times. It's, this is one of my uh, best tracks. I enjoy running here. Uh, we run fourth or third here, and it's third in the spring, and we started last. We had to use a backup car, and uh, in fact, we killed two cars here. We killed one the week, week before the race testing, and uh, we hurt one uh, Friday after we'd already qualified, but uh, I really like this place, and I always look forward to coming here. Well, you can wrinkle up some cars at this racetrack. Over the years, we've seen a lot of cars get really banged up, but turns one and two are usually the trouble spots, but today it hasn't been that bad, because if, if you go off in that corner too wide, it's almost certain that somebody's going to end up in a wall, or it used to be when the track was kind of slippery over there. And, Dick, you've had some great runs at this track. You've come awful close to winning here a time or two over the years. The drivers talk about the track just falling out from under you, going out of turn number two, and that's you see more accidents right there coming out into that straightaway, and you'd think that would be the easy part of this racetrack, but it isn't. Funny, if you could just drive a turn over there, you're coming down the front straightaway, and, uh, well, come off the fourth turn, then you got you don't have a tight turn. It's a long, sweeping turn because it's a, uh, it's a circle down the front straightaway. As you go down that, you go into the first turn. As we said earlier, you're already turning when you go down in there, so it's fine. When you come down the back straightaway, it just seems like, I don't know how to describe it to somebody, but you have to just hold the car down a lot longer than you would want to. It looks like in your mind, or your mind says, well, you're around the corner, you can let the car start to drift. But when you do, you get up and you run out of bank, and uh, and the car will get loose on you over there. I, I keep hearing them in the corners talking about the car getting loose, coming down the back straightaway, coming off the second turn. Well, that's what happens. They're just a little bit too high, too quick. The guys that hold it down good and tight are really, really humping down the back straightaway. They don't slip or scrub off any speed. So that's a treacherous place over there. I've seen cars right in front of me. Uh, fortunately, I've never done it, but I've seen cars right in front of me that would be going along straight, and just all of a sudden, they just drive into the wall an awful lot. I guess that's probably the only place over there I've never hit, but uh, I never hit that one. We shouldn't make fun, though, because Dick Brooks has finished as high as third a couple of times in Winston Cup races here. Had a fourth and about three or four top five finishes in addition to that, so uh, Dick Brooks can get around this racetrack. And I was looking, too, on the Unical pit crew race some years ago. Dick Brooks and Judy Donlevy won that uh, event also. I didn't realize that yesterday until we were kind of looking back through the record book on that one. Uh, for folks who keep up with the Unical 76 competition, the pit crew competition, which is the only officially sanctioned competition by NASCAR to determine which is the fastest pit crew in the business. Bill Elliott's team won it yesterday with crew chief Mike Beam. They dumped in 14 gallons of gas, seven out of two separate cans, and changed all four tires. They did it in 24.002 seconds. That wasn't a record. The world record was, I think, 23.808 seconds. That had been held by the Darrell Walter team when Jeff Hammond uh, about a year ago in 1989 uh, won it. 
396 laps are on the board. We have now gone some 80 miles under green flag conditions since last we had a pit stop for all the race leaders. Winston Kelly, if you use normal calculations here, we should be within shouting distance of the next uh, green flag stop. Eli, they should stop after about 90 laps or so. There were 180 laps left in the race during that last caution flag, so they should stop exactly about halfway between the last caution flag on lap 312, the end of the race on lap 492, so probably about five to ten laps away from next round of pit stops. Alan Kowicki is the leader. He just crossed the start-finish line. Bill Elliott pulled up there, really closed the gap on him in the last five or ten laps, but it appears right now that Elliott has no intention of trying to take the lead away. He just wants to stay within striking distance, and I guess a lot of times when you run that close on a driver that you're going to have to maybe battle with for the win at the end, you want to take a real close look in the corner to see if he has any handling problems, where the car has a weak point or whatever. So for the moment, Elliott says, I'll just stay right where I'm at. A couple of forwards here leading the AC Delco 500. Alan Kowicki looking for his first win in 1990. Swings over to turn two. He's got a position now working to the outside of the Mark Martin lap machine. Elliott makes the same move to the outside to go by Martin. So the Winston Cup point leader goes two laps down now as Kowicki and Elliott bypass Martin at the end of the back straightaway, working another pack of about 12 cars right in front of the leaders. Dale Earnhardt is running in ninth place. Mark Martin running in 14th position at this juncture on lap number 400. A few moments ago, Alan Kowicki turned a lap of 141.550 miles an hour. That's still not quick enough to to uh, grab the Holly Farms Lickety Split Award away from Kenny Schrader, who turned a lap of 143.9 earlier this afternoon. So Schrader leads the Holly Farms Award as here we begin green flag pit stops. Harry Gant is in. Let's cover his stop. Well, they're going to just change right side tires on it. Now they're going around. They're going to do the left side also. They've got the right side changed. Now they got the left side off and back on. They've got it full of fuel. And uh, just ready to drop it down as they drop it down the way it goes. Four new tires and uh, filled up with fuel. If all these stops come under green, I don't think there's much doubt that everybody will take on four brand new tires here for that final stretch of running where they could maybe go the distance gas-wise. I don't think they'd have any problem. Here come some more cars. Dale Jarrett is making his stop. Alan Kowicki is on pit road right now. Mark Martin comes in along with Terry Labonte. Jim Phillips. Mark Martin brings his Ford in. They jack it up on the right side. They're going to change all four tires on this automobile. He's they're making another chassis adjustment. They take three rounds of wedge out, so it's still running tight. That means the car wants to go toward the wall in the middle of the corner. They've had this problem all day long. Could be that they picked the wrong sway bar for this particular track today. He is down and away with his four tires and gasoline, along with Kerry Lombardi. Meanwhile, on the back pitch, Winston Kelly is there. Jimmy Means, the only car having stopped at this point. He got four tires and gasoline. The Alka-Seltzer Pontiac, they're waiting on Sterling Marlin to come in. The crew has the pit board out. Also the pit board out for Larry Pearson and Richard Petty. Here comes Larry Pearson. And he's going to get four tires and gasoline on that Chevrolet. And again, we're still waiting on the car of Sterling Marlin, who's running in third position to come in for service. Bill Elliott brings his car onto pit road along with some of the other top contenders. Dale Earnhardt is in. Ricky Rudd is in. Morgan Shepard is in. Dick Brooks. Kowicki just stopped and changed uh, four tires on his car. Got him going right. Rusty Wallace was pitting and uh, one of uh, Alan Kowicki's crew members was out picking up lug nuts and Rusty had to stop to keep from hitting him. In fact, he did bump him and when he did, he killed the engine on the thing. So now he's in his pit stop getting ready to go. Bill Elliott is down and away with his car. They've uh, filled it up with fuel and changed tires on it. 
Meanwhile, Brett Bodine had problems on his stop as he overshot the pit and I believe only got fuel in the car, Jim Phillips. He sure did, Eli. It's going to cost him, too. You know, first of the race, when Darrell Walter tried to go without new tires, what happened to him? He lost uh, 10 or 12 spots in about 10 or 12 laps. That could happen to him. Ricky Rudd has been in for service. Four tires of gasoline on his car. Also, Michael Waltrip has been in, and Morgan Shepard has service. They've serviced his machine also. Kenny Schrader had been posted as a leader. Now he brings his car on the pit road down in front of Dick Brooks. Well, they're going to change uh, left side tires on his car, get him back on the racetrack. They've just about they dropped him down now as he drives away. They fill him up with fuel. Brett Bodine is back in, Jim Phillips. Well, they're going to go in first on the right side and change the right side tire. Losing the left side lug nut, so it's going to be a four-tire stop for Brett Bodine and the Quaker State Jewish as Rick Wilson comes in. So these are routine pit stops. They're coming under green flag conditions, and assuming this race would stay green, very likely everybody out there would be able to go the distance without making another stop if they don't have any problems. Jeff Bodine will be the last of the cars on the lead lap to make his stop as the Budweiser Ford pulls into the Junior Johnson pits. Let's cover that stop. Well, they're doing the same thing on it. They're going to change four tires on it, fill him up, and get him going. They've been struggling with that car all day. They're not doing any chassis work on it unless they've changed the stagger of the tires a little bit. Right side's done. They've gone to the left side and got it up. So Bill Elliott has now reassumed the lead here in the running of the AC Delco 500. Elliott is between turns three and four. Alan Kowicki is running in second. Harry Gant third. We'll get the interval for you. Here comes Elliott to the stripe behind Ernie Irvin. As we start the stopwatch, Kowicki is back 1.57 seconds behind. So it's one and a half seconds from first place back to second as Bill Elliott now makes a move around Ernie Irvin's car to put the Kodak Film Chevrolet a lap down. We're back at the North Carolina Motor Speedway. Bill Elliott continues to set the pace. Nobody's been able to match Alan Kowicki. He's been within about a little better, just a little less than a second behind him. He's chopped that down now to about seven or eight car lanes. Closes in a little more over in turn three. Moving down now to the low groove on the racetrack as they bypass the Tommy Kendall car. We'll make it about two car lanes. As they work back to the stripe, here come the cars with Bill Elliott again. About a car length ahead of Alan Kulwicki, 431 going up on the board of 492. But again, as they work traffic, there's no challenge for the lead. Elliott had to work some traffic. That allowed Kulwicki to close in. But now both cars are clear of that traffic, and Kulwicki is just inches off the rear deck of Elliott. The next car they'll encounter, the Darrell Waltrip car, some 20, 25 car lengths ahead now as Earnhardt makes contact with a lap car in turn three. Almost shot up the racetrack, but got the car back under control. And Alan Kowicki just tapped the wall coming off turn number four, just scrubbed it because we saw a little smoke come off from that car, and that might be a problem for him. He's heading for turn two. So far, the car seems to be handling well. He's still there at the bottom of the racetrack along with Elliott, not letting Elliott get away. Locked right on Elliott's back bumper now, not even half a car length between Elliott and Kowicki. The entrance of turn number three, both hugging the bottom of the racetrack as they climb up off the corner. Couple of Ford Thunderbirds battling for the win here at Rockingham with still plenty of racing to go to the stripe. Well, there's a little rub there on the uh, side of Kowicki's car. Both Barney and I just peering down on it, but it doesn't seem to be hurting him at all, Joe. Elliott puts the nose of the car to the high side of the racetrack while Kowicki goes down low. They make contact.
you're on the back stretch. Kawicki goes to the bottom of Elliott trying to get a piece of the lead. Contact is made. They both get back in line. Elliott will hold the lead. Kawicki will fall into second. Kawicki came out of that throttle in a hurry when Elliott came over and used up a little racetrack and they made contact there. Now Allen falls back two, three car lengths behind. They're back in one. Last time Allen tried to get down to the inside of the racetrack and grab some space underneath Elliott because there was not enough space down there. This time he cools his heels a little bit. Drops back by about a car length behind the race leader. Trying to draw back up on Elliott's back bumper. They come to the entrance of turn number three. Both looking good at the bottom of the racetrack right now. We'll make it a car length and a half off the corner. As they come back off turn number four, this is going to be potentially the fifth straight win for a Ford Thunderbird in Winston Cup racing. But again, there's a lot of racing to go. We're on lap 435 of 492. How do you explain a turnaround like that? For years, statistically, if nothing else, there were just so many more GM products than there were Ford Thunderbirds. And I guess that probably contributes now. We're seeing more competitive Ford racing teams, but to be looking at a potential fifth straight Ford win is most unusual in the series. Oh, and you got as many Ford teams now as you have. The technology kind of spills from one team to another. Back uh, several years ago, maybe there were really only three teams, top four teams, that really had a shot to win. Now, all of a sudden, there's at least four or five, and as we said, when one team learns something, it usually spills over to the other. Alan Kulwicki is going to take a look on the outside for the lead in turn three. Draws alongside Elliott's Ford now. They're door-to-door as they go into three and four. Kulwicki trying to get a run up off the corner. But Elliott stays down low. He'll try to use the low side to his advantage. The Fords, though, habitually work better as they stay wound up at the stripe. Kowicki led that lap by inches, and they battle back into turn number one for the lead. Kowicki still is out in front, but he goes up the banking quite a bit higher than does Elliott. This time, he clears him out, and Kowicki takes the lead. Kowicki pulls all the way up to the outside wall, shuts the door on Elliott, and immediately opens up about two car lengths on Elliott now, so we'll put Kowicki to the front as they come through the corner. Alan Kowicki in front, but can he stay there? Has plenty of time yet for Bill Elliott to get back up there and take that lead away, but they've been putting on a pretty good battle for the fans here this afternoon. Every seat in the place sold out earlier here before the race began. Alan Kowicki out of turn number two. Bill Elliott just a foot or so behind him. Let's take you a little further back in the running order. Sterling Marlin still being posted back there in third position. Harry Gant fourth. Kenny Schrader fifth. And the last car shown on the lead lap is Jeff Bonine. In seventh position, that is Ricky Rudd. He is a down as that battle continues back to the stripe. Bill Elliott just one car length back. In eighth position is Morgan Shepard. Ninth is Darrell Waltrip. Two laps down in tenth place right now is Dale Earnhardt. And Mark Martin is being shown in 11th. He also is two laps down. So those two running just one spot apart. 12th is Bobby Hillen. 13th, Ernie Irvin. 14th, Terry Labonte. 15th is Brett Bodine. Three laps down in 16th is Dale Jarrett. 17th is Michael Waltrip. 18th position, five laps back is Rick Wilson. He's there along with the Rick Mast and the Tommy Kendall machine, or correct myself, that'll be Larry Pearson being shown in 20th spot. He is some five laps down to the race leader. Does watching some of the teams on pit road trying to pick up any extra sticker tires that they can. Brand new, non-scuffed tires. Harry Gant's crew just coming back with four fresh tires to the Skull pit area. That too could be a factor as we go down the stretch, although it's not really expected that we would have to see, at least under green flag conditions, another pit stop. They should all be able to go the distance. Yeah, I don't think we'll see anybody, unless they have a caution, I'm pretty sure, unless somebody has a problem, we won't see any more green flag stops this afternoon. Perhaps we can get one of our pit reporters to ease over into Bill Elliott's pit. We haven't talked with their crew members today 
today. Maybe Mike Beam, the crew chief, can give us an idea if uh, Bill Elliott's telling him that he's still got a good shot to win this race or if Alan Kowicki is just that strong or whatever here in the next few laps around this racetrack. Kowicki across the line puts another lap on the board as he goes back into turns one and two. And again, this is the time of day when that sun kind of gets in your eyes a little bit down there in the corner. We've heard the drivers talk about that over the years as the sun has moved far, far west here at Rockingham this afternoon right now as the afternoon has just about gone by. Heading back to turn number three, Kowicki still the leader. Two car lengths back rides Bill Elliott. Still an outstanding run for Sterling Marlin and that Sunoco team here today. He rides in third place, although he isn't within a straightaway of catching up to the leaders. They're back in one. Front two cars head back to turn number one. Both cars handling equally as well. As a matter of fact, both of them taking almost identical lines as they work around some of the slower traffic. Just getting around the Rick Jeffries car, out closing in on Morgan Shepard. Beginning to close on the Motorcraft Ford. Now in turns three and four, moving up, back off the corner, down to complete another lap. We have caution on the speedway here at Rockingham for the sixth time on lap 451. The incident's in front of Joe Moore. Rick Bass to the banquet food Chevrolet just lost it by himself. Spun it broadside here in the middle of turns one and two. Jack Pennington did a real good job getting on the brakes to avoid slamming into the side of Mast. Mast just lost control of the car, slid down to the inside of the racetrack. He has now refired the car and drives away. Well, this is going to change the strategy for everybody, and it's going to be a break for some of the drivers who had fallen more than a straightaway behind. And six cars still on the lead lap and everybody likely if the leader or the front couple of cars hit pit road it's for sure that everybody else will too pace cars already picked them up they're working through three and four and let's see if Alan Kowicki the leader decides to bring his car into the pits if he does I'm sure the other cars will follow he does he peels off the banking up in turn number four and everybody directly behind all the six cars on the lead lap follow him down pit road Kowicki is in Bill Elliott is in Dale Earnhardt Mark Martin is in Ernie Irvin, Dale Jarrett. Let's cover some of those stops. Dick Brooks? Well, Alan Kowicki, as you said, is here. They've got the right side off already, and they're uh, putting on the, putting on the tires. They're going to do four tires. Uh, Bill Elliott's in. His windshield's awful, awful messed up. They're trying to get it clean for him. They've got the right side going on, the left side going on it now. Uh, I think everybody down through here that we've been talking about is going to try to get back on the racetrack as soon as they can. Kowicki's gone. In a way, as Elliott follows Jim Phillips. Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin both in again for four tires this time. Ricky Rudd has been in, and he's still in. Had a little problem with the left front of his car. He's down now and away. Terry Labonte is in, getting four tires. Michael Waltrip is in. Also, Morgan Shepard and Jimmy Hensley, all the same service. Four tires and gasoline. Now, the third-place runner, Sterling Marlin, is pitting on the back pit area. Winston Kelly? They're now putting left-side tires on the Sunoco Oldsmobile. Steve Lloyd told us earlier that they did not want a caution flag. However, they have by some nine seconds. They came in and changed four tires in 25.4 seconds. Bobby Hillen also getting four tires in gasoline, along with Darrell Walter, Larry Pearson, Richard Petty, and Jack Pennington, and Jimmy Means all getting four tires in gasoline. Disadvantage having to pit on the back straightaway at any racetrack, and that is going to cost Sterling Marlin, although, of course, he's one of the cars on the lead lap. He'd currently been running in third place. He should be able to move back up with those cars on the lead lap, but nevertheless, he has to give up some track position, and it is a little bit frustrating. He just didn't qual qualify well enough to get to pit on the front stretch. We're getting the indication. One more lap, and this race will go back to green, hopefully to conclusion. Maybe we can run it caution-free down to a checkered flag. I certainly hope so. And all those pit stops have now been made. Everybody has on fresh rubber and a tank of gasoline ready to get at it. 
We hope to get a word from the pits in just a moment on the Bill Elliott team. Dick Brooks was there, but he had to leave to go down and cover some of those pit stops uh, to find out what his team thinks about if he can catch Alan Kulwicki. They're forming up for that restart over in turn three. Lights are off on top of the Pontiac Grand Prix safety car. Elmo Langley makes the hard left turn down to the back entrance to the pit area. Alan Kulwicki will lead him down. Elliott second, Gant third, Schrader fourth, Jeff Bodine fifth, Sterling Marlin is sixth. Atop the lead, the lap down cars of the inside side row, Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin. If they can get back on the lead lap and maybe pull yet another caution flag here, boy, would that ever change the situation with 36 laps to go here at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. Snail's pace right now out of turn four, waiting for the green from Doyle Ford. There it goes. Everybody flares out. Back to racing. Kowicki quickly on the jump, and he is going to try and keep Earnhardt a lap down, but it may not work. Earnhardt pulls even, now pulls ahead. Dale Earnhardt gets back on the tail end of the lead lap. Now Martin, Martin will quiet down to the inside. Martin will go down to the inside of Kulwicki as they come down the back straightaway, but Kulwicki is strong. He'll clearly pull in ahead of Martin, who will get in between Kulwicki and Elliott in turn four. Earnhardt's strong on brand-new tires. He's proven that several times this afternoon. As the race goes on, he seems to get a little bit more problems handling in the corners, but for the moment, he's got himself back on the lead lap. Mark Martin wasn't able to do it. Kulwicki takes him back to two. Kulwicki leads the way, but he's about three car lengths behind Earnhardt. Meanwhile, behind him, Elliott is battling there with Mark Martin to keep him a lap. Elliott will go to the outside of Martin to try and get back up with leader Kulwicki. He'll clear the Martin car. Harry Gannon and Ken Schrader go to the outside of Martin as well. Everybody picking their way through the traffic and around turn number four. Back to the stripe. Kulwicki continues to lead, but already Earnhardt pulling away by some four or five car lanes. Now from Kulwicki, Dale is on the tail end of the lead lap and wants a caution. Earnhardt now off of turn number two and on his way down the back straightaway. He's opened up a goodly distance on Kulwicki. We'll call it about five car lengths back to Elliott. Another five car lengths back to Gant as Ken Schrader and Ernie Irvin work around Mark Martin. Sterling Marlin with a problem in turn four. Marlin drifts real high, and a car swings up in front of him. He has to get on the binders for just a second. Now he seems to be back up to speed. Let's see what he does as he hits turn number one. Whether he's going to be able to maintain the speed? Nope, that car does have a problem. It goes way high again in turns one and two. Several cars get by as Marlin holds the outside lane of the racetrack. Terry Labonte gets by him. Now Brett Bodine closes in. Marlin comes past his pit stall in the back straightaway, and they bring the board out over the wall. Perhaps a tire problem for Marlin as everyone else goes by him in turn four. As the field works back to the stripe, 450 laps on the board. We are now getting confirmation from NASCAR scoring that Dale Earnhardt was two laps down and has gotten one of those laps back. So he is still one lap in arrears to the race leader, Alan Kowicki. Let's reset it for you. It is Kowicki with Bill Elliott, Harry Gant, Ken Schrader, Jeff Bodine and Sterling Marlin as the cars on the lead lap. One lap down, they're showing Ricky Rudd, Morgan Shepard, and Darrell Waltrip. They are showing both Darryl, excuse me, Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin two laps down upon this restart. So now Earnhardt is one lap down to the race leader, Alan Kowicki, on lap 451. Kowicki takes it back to turn number three. Bill Elliott just sits there, both of them taking pretty much the same line through turns three and four and one and two. Elliott some four car links behind as the laps wind down. They sweep back to turn one. Harry Gant's about five car links behind Elliott. He sits in the third spot. Then Kenny Schrader is about five more car links behind Gant. He's also separated from Gant by the lap car of Ernie Irvin. Car not having a very good handling car right now driving through this end of the racetrack. Mark Martin, Ricky Rudd goes by him. Jeff Bodine just went by him. Now Morgan Shepard's going to go by. Martin's car going all the way up the racetrack. 
Field back to the stripe again. 463 going up on the board. And still the top six cars remaining on the lead lap when Sterling Marlin slowed a short while ago. It did not cost him a position on the racetrack, but surely did cost him some real estate in relation to the leaders. But Joe Sterling seems to be running well again. Car seems to be hooked up well right there at the bottom of the racetrack. Now that he's finally gotten it back under control, he's holding his spot there in front of Brett Bodine. And it doesn't seem to be a lot of activity or really uh, excitement or apprehension down on pit road over there a moment ago as, as we were watching Bill Elliott's crew. Let's go to Winston Kelly. The problem on the Sterling Marlin car is that Sterling had a vibration on the car. Thought he had a tire going down. It must have gone away. Steve Lloyd said he might have had a piece of rubber built up on the, the, one of the tires on the car. And he's back up to speed. But he is far back in the pack right now and a long ways from catching up and battling for the lead as this one comes down to a conclusion here this afternoon. Across the line, Alan Kowicki puts another lap on the board, goes back into turn number one. Bill Elliott there, just a couple of car lengths back. And uh, Dick Brooks, you've been around that team for the last half hour or so. They don't seem to be all that concerned, do they? Well, Mike Bean sitting up here watching it, Mike. You had a uh, shot there a few minutes ago. Did you learn anything? Or you got anything worked out? Or what are we going to see? Well, we keep jacking on the car all day. You know, we're putting bite in it and taking it out. And when it went one way real extreme, and sitting here just, uh, they've been in this position an awful lot in the last four or five years. And I guess uh, he's right. The best car is going to win. Well, they've got still got plenty of laps left to get it done in. And it's going to be interesting to see if Kulwicki's car stays as solid as it has all afternoon after putting on new rubber. Now we're seeing him drift a little bit high over in turns one and two. He cuts the car real strong coming out of the corner. So it's still getting a good bite and working well. They're back in three. About three car lengths to lead on Elliott. Both Kulwicki and Elliott have bypassed Dale Earnhardt to put him back two laps down. Harry Gant still working traffic about ten car lengths back. When Kulwicki went really wide the moment or so ago, he went around Rick Jeffries' automobile trying to give himself as much room as he can from the ARCA veteran who's now making the jump to Winston Cup Racing with the sponsorship from Kentucky Fried Chicken. We are less than 20 laps away from the conclusion of the AC Delco 500. Two stories that are being unfolded in front of us at the moment. Will Alan Kulwicki hold off Bill Elliott? And what about the point separation between Dale Earnhardt and the Winston Cup point leader Mark Martin? If the race would end at this very moment, Earnhardt would pick up only four points on Mark Martin. They are separated by one position, 10th and 11th respectively right now. And at that point of the Winston Cup point separation, you see a four-point drop-off by position. So there'd be just a four-point gain for Dale Earnhardt should the race not change position-wise from where we sit at the moment. And he really, really thought he could pick up some points here this weekend on Mark Martin. Had high hopes of doing it, but so far, as you said, it looks like maybe only four points if they continue to run as they are. The leader is still Alan Kowicki. It's been a pretty flawless day for him since about the 300 lap mark here and for the moment he continues to enjoy the lead Bill Elliott still within striking distance whether he has anything left for him or not as Mike Beam told Dick Brooks the crew chief on that car a moment ago uh, we don't know we just have to wait and see he says Bill doesn't say a whole lot and sometimes he really doesn't man was there close quarter racing coming out of turn four as Schrader Earnhardt and Gant ran up on the lapped car of Chad Little nobody wanted to give and they don't want to give again Gant and Schrader racing for 
position. Earnhardt's just along for the ride. Now Chad Little goes to the inside. Four wide on the backstretch. Harry Gann wisely is going to lift out of that and let Schrader get straightened out. Kenny's car broke loose off the corner. Now they'll fall in line. Single file off four. And that will be the battle for third place. Gant drops down to the inside. See some daylight there, but Dale Earnhardt's lap car is directly ahead. And again, Harry may have to come out of the throttle in turn one. Schrader goes into the high groove. Now Earnhardt goes way up high. The car gets sideways almost. Schrader comes out with a spot over Gant. Gant trying to rally back on the inside, though. He'll wind the Oldsmobile up and get it to a dead heat down the end of the back straightaway. Schrader in the high side. Gant will go down low for third. As Harry makes the move for third spot, the difference between Kowicki and Elliott stabilizing at about 15 car lengths here at the stripe. Third place in question. Gant holds off the challenge, but Schrader wants him again. Kenny Schrader's got the line there on the inside of the racetrack while Harry Gant goes a little bit higher in the groove. Off the corner, Gant's got the spot for now. This time at the end of the back straightaway, Harry Gant's going to open up about two car lengths over Kent Schrader, so that'll settle down just for the moment. Gant brings his car back to the bottom of the racetrack to close the door on Schrader. Yeah, it looks like for the moment the fans have forgotten the battle for the lead between Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki, the kind of racing that's been going on between Harry Gant and Kenny Schrader. For the moment, it settles out just a bit. One car length separate Harry Gant and Kenny Schrader in turn two. Single file for now, but again, Schrader keeps looking down at the inside of the track, trying to get a line underneath Gant. Schrader trying to hang on to Gant's back bumper. They come to the entrance of turn number three now, both trying to get that very lowest groove on the racetrack off the corner. To come back to the stripe. It'll be ten laps next time by with a differential of four-tenths of a second from first place back to second. Kulwicki to Bill Elliott, then Harry Gant, Ken Schrader, Jeff Bodine, and Sterling Marlin. Those cars on the lead lap as we wind towards a conclusion. The leaders are up in three. Alan Kulwicki coming up on the Jack Pennington car now. He'll go to the outside to try and put a lap on the rookie contender. Not a whole lot of traffic directly ahead of Alan Kulwicki. If he can move around maybe two or three cars, he'll have pretty clear sailing all the way down to the checkered flag, so traffic shouldn't be a factor between himself and Bill Elliott. Meanwhile, that battle for third, still a tight one. They're working back to turn one. Again, they're single file. Harry Gant holding the third spot with Ken Schrader directly behind him. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead, Barney, I think may come down to something you pointed out earlier today in that Bill Elliott may be saving something. We noticed a few laps ago he was right up on the rear deck of Alan Kowicki. Then he drops back for a few laps, but seems like it will. Elliott can close in on Kowicki. For now, he sees there are some laps to go. About 12 remaining, so he just seems to hold his spot for now. Of course, we'll have to wait and see if that's the case. They work lap traffic, getting around Tom Kendall here off turn two. And the other thing, keeping an eye on on the back straightaway, Dale Earnhardt's car has suddenly become ill-handling. Here comes Mark Martin to the outside of Earnhardt. This should be a battle for position. Martin to the outside of Earnhardt at the end of the back straightaway, trying to keep from losing any points to Earnhardt. They're side-by-side in four. Ernie Irvin is there. Earnhardt and Martin, they're all battling for position 9, 10, and 11. Two laps down to the leaders. At the stripe, Earnhardt side-by-side with Martin, and Ernie Irvin sneaks through. Irvin's got the spot going into the corner, but still the battle directly behind him. Earnhardt and Mark Martin, they're side-by-side. Off the corner and onto the back straightaway. Earnhardt is on the inside. Martin is on the outside. It's a dead heat at the entrance to turn number three. They go cleanly side-by-side, halfway through the corner and onto the straightaway. And all of a sudden, the fans are watching a couple of cars laps down go at it here in the final stages of the AC Delco 500. Back into turn number one. Earnhardt down to the inside. Martin on the high side. Martin tries to hold his car down low, but not too low because Earnhardt is directly underneath him. Off the corner, the Goodrich Chevrolet gets the edge. They come up on some lap traffic now. They go to the outside of the Rick Jeffrey car. Earnhardt will pull up in front of Martin. Martin has to give way in the traffic in turn three. 
Sterling Marlin across the stripe. Smoke now begins to show from behind the Sunoco Oldsmobile, even more so than we've talked about in the last few laps. We'll see if he can hold on. And Bobby Hillen trying to hold on as he and Rick Wilson came awfully close together in turn four. Hillen's car, by all rights, should have gone around, and he managed to save it. Did a good piece of driving to keep it in a straight line. It just about turned around and went into the outside wall. Here's a big plume of smoke out of Sterling Marlin's Sunoco machine, and he may be in the garage when the checkered flag comes down, way off the pace, heading for turn one. Marlin's been smoking around the last five laps or so. He's keeping the car down on the lower groove. You can hear the machine missing as it comes by us in turn two. Also, Brett Bodine showing some smoke out of the Quaker State Buick, and while Kowicki's lead over Bill Elliott is steady, that battle for third rages on. Ken Schrader and Harry Gant going back at it again. Last time by, Schrader was underneath Gant. Harry continues to try and hold him off there in turn four. They come back to the stripe. Schrader wants to peek to the inside. 488 laps on the board. At the stripe, Gant holds off Schrader again for third and fourth spot. And further back, the Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin, Ernie Irvin battle. That one has been ongoing here with the moment. It's Irvin having pulled away from Earnhardt and Martin. 488 laps on the board, 489 this time by. And what a big win this would be for Alan Kowicki if he can hang on. Well, he's still looking for that first win in the year 1990. He felt like he might be in trouble. To trouble in turn four. Darrell Waltrip spins in front of Morgan Shepard, locks the car down in the middle of the racetrack. All the traffic will clear, but Waltrip spins to the bottom of the corner. And puts us under yellow flag conditions. Caution is on the speedway. Darrell Waltrip turned it all the way around, almost backed up into the outside wall, but just kept it locked up. Good piece of driving by several drivers to keep from colliding with Darrell Waltrip. He comes on around the speedway, but it has brought the caution out, and this may change the complexion on everything. Well, I would guess now at 490, that's going to do it for the race, Barney, because it'll be white flag next time, and then the checker the next time by. So Alan Kowicki, who would come around and take the white flag this time on lap 491, so that spin is going to end us under caution. Because if I'm not mistaken, and I assume the scoreboard is correct, we'll have white flag this next time by as the lead cars are being picked up by Elmo Langley in the Pontiac Grand Prix Turbo. And indeed the case, Doyle Ford has the white flag in hand, and Alan Kowicki is going to take the white, and Schrader's going down pit road. Kenny Schrader, who was in fourth behind Harry Gant, is going to go down pit road, make a stop, and he will lose a position or two and likely end up sixth here in the AC Delco 500. What a finish. Let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, I tell you, there's an awful lot of awful lot of jumping and hopping. They, some of these girls have been standing around here with uh, both hands, with all four fingers crossed on each hand, and uh, a lot of congratulations going on here. We, <laughs> now we're, we're looking trying, at Kenny Schrader's automobile, Dick. He just brought it in, uh, just dived off the corner up there. It will be a lap or so, one more lap around, and Alan Kowicki will take the checkered flag and be heading down to victory lane, and there will be some happiness. But they did change right side rubber on Kenny Schrader's car, so apparently he had a tire problem in the late stages. And, boy, after running as hard as he did, Man. to lose, what, two or three spots anyway. Yeah, he'll lose a couple of spots, I would assume, as uh, he will certainly be bypassed by Jeff Bodine and by Sterling Marlin, I would assume, and uh, we'll get a verification on scoring, but certainly Schrader will lose one spot, and here they come towards the stripe. The checkered flag will be unfurled by Doyle Ford. The second Winston Cup win for Alan Kulwicki. He had won some 55 races ago. Phoenix, Arizona, 1988, and under caution, Alan smiles and waves to the crowd, and now the jumping begins as Paul Andrews and the Xerox Ford crew 
celebrate with Dick Brooks down there on Pit Road. Well, I sure do, and I'll uh, talk to him in a minute here, but I'm not going to get in this mess right yet. These are a bunch of happy boys. I'll tell you, they, uh, they've been just sitting here with all their fingers crossed for the last, uh, last few minutes. I'll be with them in a minute. It's been a long time since Alan Kowicki has been in the victory lane. Well, uh, everybody's waiting for uh, Alan to come up in the victory lane. There's nobody here. <laughs> so while they wait on Alan Kowicki, let's go to the gas pumps where Winston Kelly and Jim Phillips are standing by. Fellas? We have Bill Elliott here, second place finish for you today, Bill. Early in the race, it looked like you could pull up there and take it, and the end, he had a little bit too much for you. Well, Alan run a good race. I was glad to see him win. You know, it's been a long time, a long struggle for him. I know kind of how he feels, but, you know, we had a good day. The crew did a heck of a good job, and you know, I'm just thankful we came home all in one piece, and we'll get ready to go to Phoenix next week. How about your car today? A lot of people were complaining about their cars being too tight today at this racetrack. I was a little off, but it still wasn't bad. You know, Allen was just real good. He was, he and I was about the same in three and four, and he was a little better than I was in one and two, but, man, he ran a good race. That's all I can say. That's Bill Elliott, the second-place finisher here today in the AC Delco 500. Now we see Kowicki's car now heading for victory lane, a little bit late getting there, but better late than never as Alan Kowicki has just picked up the win here in the AC Delco 500. Dick Brooks will be with him in just a minute. Meanwhile, let's check in with Winston Kelly. We're standing with Harry Gann, who came home third. A well of a battle there with Kenny Schrader. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was him, then me, then side by side, but uh, we managed to get a little ahead there, and the caution came out, then it was all right. <laughs> what did he tell you when he walked up here? Oh, he just laughing and commenting about it there, you know. But I was having to slow up a lot to keep him behind me, then accelerate. And uh, the groove was pretty slick. I mean, them both was trying to get to bottom, but then it was hard to do. Harry had a good race. Kenny came up, and he kind of jokingly with him said, you do pretty good for an old man. Harry Gant comes home third this afternoon. Again, Alan Kowicki, the winner. Bill Elliott will finish second. Harry Gant third, fourth to Jeff Bodine. Unofficially fifth looks like Kenny Schrader, and sixth would be Sterling Martin. Let's go back to victory lane. Well, Alan's hey, sitting in the car. Hey, He's guys, just getting ready to get out. Uh, getting a few hats and stuff. Well, he got a little problem getting up here. I think they blocked him off down by the gas pumps and he couldn't get here. Alan, what do you think? Man, this has got to be a good day. Man, this makes it all worthwhile. Uh, you know, we battled so hard so long this year to come back. And, uh, you know, I said we had a good team and a good car. And we ran good all day. You know, we ran a clean race, didn't have any problems. We had good pit stops. The guys on the crew did an excellent job. And Paul Andrews, uh, Danny Glad, uh, Ken Langford, Tony Gibson, all the guys on the crew, uh, Doug Riker was changing tires for us. Everybody did a good job. It was a team effort, and uh, we just put together a whole good race today, 500 good miles. And I got to thank uh, my sponsor, Xerox Antifreeze, uh, Napa, and this Ford Thunderbird sure ran great. Uh, we just had a good day. Radial tires worked good. Everything was fine. Alan, I've talked to you two or three times. Uh, I remember one in Pocono and a couple other places. It was just a heartbreaker right at the end. Just the last couple laps, something would happen or something. Did you start feeling any vibrations or hearing any noises the last few laps this time? Well, one time I thought I did. You know, this track's a little bit bumpy, and you come off the corner, and, you know, the wheels chatter a little bit sometimes. But uh, it's a good, solid car. It ran good all day, and, uh, you know, that caution came out at the end there. But I... I don't think that really affected the outcome. And, uh, you know, to see Bill Elliott and Dale Earnhardt congratulate me at the end of the race really makes me feel good. Uh, it's a great day for us. This is what we've been working for. Did you really think you had him beat? I mean, you, Bill was sitting back there. It seems like times he was a little bit stronger than other times. Did you have anything left? Nah, you know, Bill's car ran good. But overall, I think our car was a little bit better. Uh, you know, Kyle ran real good. Uh, we were a little bit too tight earlier in the race, but we kept getting better and better. And he had problems. Uh, you know, he would have been tough to beat, but uh, 
we've let plenty of races slip away over the last two years and you know you got to be there at the end and we were today we earned this one uh it's not a short track it's a speedway i'm just really proud of the guys and the crew well, he sure is. And I tell you, this crew's a happy bunch of people. These boys worked a long time. They've been anticipating this long enough that they're full of joy, man. And they're letting it out. Can't blame them for that. It's a well-earned victory for Alan Kowicki here this afternoon. And again, Bill Elliott will finish second. Harry Gant third. Fourth to Jeff Bodine and unofficially fifth. Looks like Kenny Schrader. Boy, he had tough luck at the end. Let's check back in with Jim Phillips. Well, we've caught up with Jeff Bodine. Jeff, you finished fourth today, but you had some problems doing it. Well, that's right. Uh, let me first say hi to Kathy, Matt, Barry, Mike. I haven't talked to anyone on a radio TV all weekend, so i got to say hi to them. They're back home listening. Tell them I'll uh, see them in a little while. I love them. We had a good race. Uh, we got way behind. Uh, really had to fight the car the first uh, couple of two or three runs. Couldn't get it to working right. Came in on uh, the green, changed some tires. Uh, they made some adjustments. Uh, Tim Brewer, Junior Johnson, the crew, and, boy, the car took off. Uh, we got back in the lead lap and just pulled away from the leaders. Thought we had a, a race car that was going to be able to win the race. Then we changed some more tires, and uh, we just never could get that same setup back. Uh, I don't know what it was. I guess our setup just didn't match these radial tires quite like uh, Allen's and Bill's and guys ahead of us. But the car ran good. It stayed together all day long. Again, the, the Budweiser pit crew did a, a great job in the pit area. Thank them. And... Uh, Hey, it's not a bad run. Kenny Schrader gave us a little break there at the end. He thought it was a 500-lap race, and wasn't quite that many laps for Kenny. He pitted for tires. It would have been a good move if there's some more laps left, but he ran out of time, and we gained a spot. But it was a good, safe race, and uh, congratulations, Allen. Had to drive with one, one eye for a while, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> I lost a contact lens out of my right eye about halfway through the race, and I'm right eye dominant, so I'm a little blurred vision. Uh, the rest of the day, and uh, you look a little blurry. Something wrong with you? Maybe it's me. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jeff Bodine, the fourth-place finisher here this afternoon. Let's go down to Winston Kelly. We're standing alongside Mark Martin, driver of the Folgers Coffee Ford Thunderbird. Mark, it was a tough day all day long, but the team and you just kept digging. I can't believe, you know, that uh, uh, we you know, we had a streak of 10 or 12 races where we ran like Jack the Bear every week, and it seemed to come easy, and then the last two weeks in a row, you know, we've had had trouble. So I don't know. You know, it just goes to show you, you never know. I really think that uh, I'm looking forward to taking the Folgers, Valvoline Thunderbird to Phoenix. I think we'll, you know, we'll have one of the hottest cars out there. Um, I think if we can come back here tomorrow, we might have a hot car, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't hot today, and, and I think we know what we did wrong. What kind of problems did you have? Was it handling today in the motor or what? No, the motor ran good. I wish I could have used it all. <laughs> I'd have been in good shape, man. I had a hoss under the hood, but uh, uh, we just never could quite get the car to handle like we wanted it to, although we did get it a lot better there toward the end. Well, they didn't lose but four points today, and with these bulletproof, bulletproof motors that Jack Roush continues to build, they'll be back strong next week. Let's take a look at the running order. Alan Kowicki, the winner. Bill Elliott finishes second. Harry Gant, third. Jeff Bodine, fourth. Kenny Schrader, fifth. Sterling Marlin, sixth. Ricky Rudd was seventh. Eighth was Darrell Waltrip. Ninth goes to Ernie Irvin. Dale Earnhardt will finish tenth. Mark Martin finishes eleventh. So, as we said, Earnhardt picks up only four points on Mark Martin for the Winston Cup Championship. Twelfth position goes to Morgan Shepard. Terry Labonte finished thirteenth. Bobby Hill in fourteenth. Brett Bodine, fifteenth. Sixteenth was Michael Waltrip. Seventeenth, Dale Jarrett. Rick Wilson finishes eighteenth. Larry Pearson, nineteenth. 
14th, and Kyle Petty rounds out the top 20. 21st will go to Richard Petty, 22nd Rick Mast, Dave Marcus finishes 23rd, 24th will be Jack Pennington, Chad Little finished 25th today, 26th going to Tommy Kendall, Jimmy Bound finishes 27th, 28th is Jimmy Means, Davey Allison 29th, and 30th will be Rick Jeffries, 31st is Jimmy Hensley, 32nd Rusty Wallace, 20, uh, th- excuse me, 33rd goes to Derek Cope, 34th will be Hutt Strickland, Mike Skinner finishes 35th, Dick Trickle 36th, 37th this afternoon is Ted Musgrave, in 38th position will be Jeff Purvis, 39th spot is Tracy Leslie, and the first car out of the race today, finishing in 40th, will be driver Charlie Baker. Our thanks to Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick, who are in the turns today. Our pit coverage from Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly. Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson were on the scoring loop. Ted Stone was our production assistant, and we certainly thank you so much for joining us here in Rockingham this afternoon. Our congratulations to Alan Kulwicki, who pulls off his second career Winston Cup win. And until we talk to you next, for Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. So long and good afternoon from Rockingham. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.